Hello, listeners, and welcome to Formative Films, a nostalgia podcast where two old friends discuss the movies that inspired us in our youth to see how they resonate with us today. We are your two hosts, Mikey and Justin. This is Formative Films. Formative Films. Never say die. Whoa, hey, buddy. Whoa, hey, Mikey. This week we have a Mikey choice. Oh, oh, oh. We are discussing Teen Wolf from 1985. The IMDb plot summary says, An ordinary high school student discovers that his family has an unusual pedigree where he finds himself turning into a werewolf. Pedigree. I like that. (laughs) How is this movie formative to you, Mikey? This is another one that I owned, edited for TV version. I think I didn't really realize that until you and I were kind of pre-discussing this. Because I think that's the version that you were most familiar with too, am I right? For sure. Growing up, we had it like tape off of like, you know, ABC Sunday Night Movie. And then it wasn't until much later when like I eventually either watched it on cable or I rented it somewhere where it was like a full version. But that whole garage scene with him Mm -hmm. finding weed, I was like, oh, I've never seen this scene before. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think I'm I want to say I probably bought the VHS in college, like right as DVDs were coming out, VHSs were dirt cheap. And I was just, I was, I, I hadn't bought a, I had no plans on buying a DVD player yet. So I was just buying up VHSs left and right. Yeah. And I think that was one of them. Maybe it was in college with you that I watched it in full. Who's to it say? Might be. It could be. Same with the Back to the Future tape we had. My sister loved Michael J. Fox, so anything he was in was playing on the regular in the house. And same for me, too. He was like he was the coolest kid in my mind because he was Marty McFly and also because of The Secret of My Success where he's getting laid oh. constantly. <laughs> I want to do that at some point in a formative film. That was my sexual awakening as like a four-year-old. I was like, I want to do that. Wow. Uh, I didn't see that until middle school maybe at the at the earliest oh no i was a young like the same age i was when i saw the gremlins i saw the secret of my success and wow um yeah yeah, that's uh, an awakening still taped off of tv but like they didn't cut much out of that no Um, there's like one shot where you see like her nipple in the full edit and that was like the one thing they took out of the tv edit was like two seconds of her nipple otherwise (laughs) you, you see everything in that movie on the tv edit but yeah, uh, Michael J. Fox was the coolest. And so I certainly watched this movie a bunch growing up on that tape we had off of TV. Yeah, we watched it. I, I, well, not we. I, I watched it a bunch as a kid. I really, really enjoyed it a lot as a kid. And uh, it was fun. I, hadn't, I don't know when the last time I watched this was. Probably college. Probably with you. I feel like I've seen it in the past couple of years. If I did, I'd probably just fast forward to like the scenes I kind of <laughs> wanted to watch. Because... Uh, as I should have said at the top, uh, this is Montage the movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I, that I didn't remember. 1985's Teen Wolf, also known as Montage the movie. Because uh, <laughs> my God, the last half an hour of this movie is really, it blows by with very little going on. The whole last half, really. But we should first talk about who made it, who wrote it, etc. Mikey, you got that information. Lay it on me. Teen Wolf. 
one hour, 32 minutes, written by Jeff Loeb and Matthew Weissman, directed by Rod Daniel. Name doesn't ring too many bells. I looked them all up last night just to see if I knew anything that they had been in or done before. So Joseph Loeb and Matthew Weissman also co-wrote Commando with Arnold yep. Schwarzenegger. And Jeff, Bert, Jeff and Loeb. They also wrote Burglar for Goldie, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. And then Rod Daniel also directed K-9 with Jim Belushi and a dog, which I've never oh, seen. Oh, that's and, right. I thought I wrote that down. That's what I was trying to find. Yes, and K-9. Then, uh, Home Alone 4 he also directed, and then he just mm. directed a bunch of TV. Like I, I didn't even write down at all because there were so many different shows he directed for from the 80s and 90s. I was just like, yeah, this guy just worked a lot. Wanted to mention, too, about Jeff Loeb is that he wrote – uh, quite a bit for for comic books for both DC and Marvel, and that'll that'll kind of come up later on in a in a s- particular scene. This movie came out August twenty third, nineteen eighty five. Initially supposed to be released in the spring, I think, but they wanted to push it back for a, another movie that was coming out. Well, I don't know if they pushed it back for that movie, but they it definitely yeah. paid off. No, from what I understand, uh, as as we're getting to it, basically this came out. This was filmed before Back to the Future, but came out afterwards because uh, the producers felt, well, our week's kind of shitty, and we can tell <laughs> Back to the Future is going to be amazing. Let's put this out after Back to the Future, after Michael J. Fox has been like hyped up like crazy because that movie is going to do bank, and then everyone's going to want to come see our movie because he's also in this, is basically what they did. And that is how it became kind of a success. And since, yeah, while we're already kind of talking about that, I might as well mention that it, it, it was all because of the movie Valley Girl. I don't know if you've ever seen Valley Girl. I've never seen it. Only recently. It's really good. Apparently that was super cheap and super fast and made them super money. And they wanted to do that again. So they hired the writers of Commando to write them a, <laughs> a, write them a fast comedy. And, and this is what they got. At some point, Michael J. Fox said, while they were filming this, they, he knew Spielberg was putting together Back to the Future elsewhere and filming some of that. Maybe they're just even, even in pre They were scouting. Who knows? Yeah, but like, he's like, oh, man, Spielberg's making some awesome movie over there, and I'm making this bullshit. God damn it. And then eventually he got to be in that awesome movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, he was filming Teen Wolf in where was it Coronado? So it's somewhere in Pasadena. Was Pasadena. Like, yeah. Thank you. And then they were scouting for Back to the Future, and yeah, I he uh, uh, Crispin Glover was attached to Back to the Future at that point, and he had been in Family Ties with Michael J. Fox, so that was part of his thing too. He's like, oh man, Crispin is in this Steven Spielberg movie, and I'm doing this crap. So yeah, that's that's all kind of a fun backstory. Yeah. It all worked out for him in the end. Here's a fun little thing. Uh, I looked at the tops at the box office for August 23rd, 1985. Do you know what the top three movies were? Number one, Back to the Future. Of course. Number two, Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. So how about that? Michael J. Fox had the top two movies. It was um, his year, man. It was, yeah. And then number three is another movie that we've covered. It was one of your choices, 1985. I'm presuming The Goonies or Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Both of those are on the list. Pee-wee's is number three. Okay. Uh, and Goonies was all the way down at 25. Yeah, they probably came out earlier. 
And then a couple others that I thought were funny, fun to mention. Follow That Bird was uh, at number 14. I remember going to see that in the theater. I, I remember seeing that on television, never in the theater. But yeah, if you want to watch The Muppets and the Sesame Street Gang and also cry your fucking eyes out, <laughs> watch You're that right. movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the last one, Black Cauldron, at, was number 15. That was another one that I remember seeing in the theater. I've never seen that, but that's also during that dark time of Disney where like they just were not mm-hmm. getting anything right. And like it was, that, that movie basically almost killed the animation studio. As far You're as right. Aware. Yeah. I, I loved it at the time. It was very dark, but I haven't seen it in a while. I don't know if it still holds up or not. So that was, uh, that was a little look at the box office at the time. Budget for Teen Wolf was $1.2 million. The box office take was $80 million, thanks completely <laughs> to Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Totally rode those coattails all the way to the bank. The t- for instance, the tagline was, Michael J. Fox is back from the future in a new comedy. Oh, God. <laughs> that was it. That's so awesome. uh, anyways, uh, Justin, who's in this movie? Uh, we got quite a collective cast here, and I'll go through it quickly. We have Michael J. Fox as Scott Howard, James Hampton of Condor Man fame as Harold Ooh. Howard, uh, Susan Ursitti, I'm not sure how you yep. say it, as Boof. Uh, she was also in a movie I've seen called, because uh, I tried looking her up, and I was like, I don't know much of this, but she was in Doing Time on Planet Earth, which was a canon film, which I've seen in the last two years. It's mm. really ridiculous. The best part of it is Adam West as a guy who believes aliens exist. But the whole thing is like this kid believes he's an alien and his unknown powers get unlocked to him while he's looking at a poster for the B-52s and getting a blowjob. And like, oh, that's how his thing awakens. And like, it's a family movie where the kid gets a blowjob <laughs> and that's how he realizes like that he's an alien. It's really weird. Yeah. It's really weird. So she's also on an episode of 21 Jump Street, by the way. Okay. Uh, next is Jerry Levine as Styles, and I just made this note. He has been he directed quite a few episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's gone on to direct TV quite a bit. Nice. Um, he was on this sitcom that I definitely watched way more than I should have because it was a terrible show. It was on from 90, 1990 to ninety one, starring him, Alan Ruck, and Heather Locklear. It was and then this other brunette woman I don't know. It was called Going Places. And I remember watching this awful show just because it had two of the best friends from movies I liked. It had Alan Ruck, who's Cameron from Ferris Bueller, and it had Jerry Levine, who was Styles and Teen Wolf. And I was like, oh, I like these two actors from the movies I like. I'll watch this show. And it was a terrible show. Oh, yeah. I, I love Alan Ruck. And he's, he was on uh, Spin City with Heather Locklear. So that's and interesting. He's walked with her. And Michael J. Yeah, you're right. Oh, the webs we weave. Then we have Matt Adler as Lewis, Lori Griffin as Pamela, James Mackerel as Mr. Thorne, Mark Arnold as Mick, Jay Tarsas as Coach Finstock, Mark Holton as Chubby. And then uh, this is last three characters I want to mention. Uh, Elizabeth Gorsi as Tina, Melanie Manos as Gina. I love Tina and Gina. I want them to be my girlfriends. Are those styles is too? Style, styles and those is like. I don't know what you call them. New, new wave girls, I would call them. They're so cool, post-punk new wave girls. And I love their style. I want to be their boyfriend so bad. Are they like arm arm hangers? Like what would you call it? Just like the, the, just they're, they're not girlfriends, they're doing, but you just no, they're just they're, hanging on his arm and sh- and walking them into places and just. I I don't know. They're, they're Booth's friends, and I think Styles is just cool with them. 
they, they all have the same they're all kind of new wave post-punk style people so i guess like they just they hang out because they have the same kind of fashion sense is my guess sure and i bet i bet one of them is styles girlfriend honestly styles like seems like he gets laid i didn't think about it uh and then lastly uh the science teacher is doris hess I just want to mention her because she's in Overboard as the school principal who the boys uh, cover in gas-soaked toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I just want to mention also we've got Carl Stevens, or Steven, the lawnmower boy from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, yes, Tommy. Got to mention him. Tommy from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Whistleboy here is how, mm. he's, <laughs> how he's credited. Whistleboy who... Looks like he's going to be breaking on camera when he delivers his one line. He looks like he's about to laugh as he like just turns away from and leaves the screen. It looks like he's about to laugh. And then, uh, and then the 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 dragons coach Troy Evans isn't he in other things too? I was he's just gonna, very recognizable. I was just going to bring up as we got to him, but yes, uh, he uh, I know him mostly as Roger Predactor from Ace Ventura Pet Detective. As in, that's why Roger Predactor is dead. He found Captain Winky. That's right. Oh, thank you. I looked him up and, the, and Ace Ventura didn't come up. Yeah, it's yeah, not one of totally. his top four things on IMDb, but the, I, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, it's Roger Protector. <laughs> you even remember his character's name. Awesome. That's how I know him. I know him as Roger, Roger Protector. I don't know the actor's name. To me, he's Roger Protector. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we always, I always forget to ask you, were there any reviews uh, of the movie that came out that you wanted to talk about? Well, can I can I can we quick uh, mention the 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 composer Miles? No, Miles. never. Oh, th- okay, fine. Uh, I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, Miles Goodman did the score. Not not a great score here. I, I I wasn't a fan of the music, but he's done some other good ones. He he did Little Shop of Horrors, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Wait, what part of like did he write the the music for all of Little Shop of Horrors? I. Don't I can't say he did the lyrics, but he did the score. You would have to. I, I I didn't research it beyond that. I just looked up his name and looked up a list of his credits. Well, Little my, Shop of Horrors. I, I don't know because there was a musical before uh, it was on stage. You know, so like, did so he help write I'm the stage sure musical, was, or did he just write like the like interstitial music? I'm sure it was the interstitial music. Okay, then fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm sorry that I mentioned that one then. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is all him. Canine, also directed by Rod Daniels. That's where I was looking for that name. Problem Child. What about Bob? Yeah, it's funny. I'm playing both those scores in my head, and they just sound the same to this. Yeah, they, just, yeah, they do. Not very good, no. And then the last one, I was, I, I'm scared to even mention it because it's another lyrical music or movie uh, muppet christmas carol again probably just the interstitial no but he then then he's worked with frank oz both in little shop of horrors and what about bob so mm. yeah i mean and frank oz didn't direct muppet christmas carol but he was in it as miss piggy so obviously yeah you guys got some credits working with frank oz now that you mentioned that, I mean, this is just the ones that I listed, but I believe Indian in the Cupboard was on the list as well. Another Frank Oz movie. So, yeah, he, he must have better done... A better book than a movie. I read that whole book series. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, devoured that Indian in the Cupboard book series. And I was really excited when the movie came out. And I was like, Me oh, I, I don't like this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I share that that sentiment exactly. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I read that book or if it was read to me. It might have been read to me. But uh, I was very excited for that movie. And Frank Oz, 
even as a child, I knew who Frank Oz was. Well, definitely as a child, you, all children know who Frank Oz was at mm-hmm. the time. But yeah, it was a disappointment. It sure Total bummer. Oh, but okay. So critical reception. Vincent Canby of the New York Times calls Teen Wolf aggressively boring. Gene Siskel, I never saw it. I'm told that Michael J. Fox and the surprise comedy elements were responsible for its success. Didn't hit it with the with the critics. Rotten Tomatoes, 42%. It summarizes, though Michael J. Fox is as charismatic as ever, Teen Wolf's coming-of-age themes can't help but feel a little stale and formulaic. It's not a great movie. It's not no. a great movie. That's why I wrote it down. It's pretty much on the, on the wolf nose. But, you know, Michael J. Fox... Again, you, you watch it for him. But I, mm-hmm. I watched it for him, and I thought Styles was cool. I thought Styles was cool as a kid. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed Michael J. Fox. I enjoyed Styles. I enjoyed Boof. Even Pamela gave me a little little boy boner when she would take a raw off as a kid. You know, I, watching this, I was like, Pam, I would take Boof over. I still would take Boof over Pam. But that dressing room scene was, yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Michael J. Fox gets it in every movie. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I've given an MVP, but my MVP here goes to Coach Bobby Finstock. Man, I love, <laughs> I love, I love Coach. I appreciated him more as an adult now because he he is doing some funny stuff here. But yeah, as a kid, like his scenes, I guess were boring because I didn't get what he was doing. I didn't get his jokes. I get him now, and I'm like, okay, no, that's that's pretty good. You're right. Yeah, I didn't get it as a kid for sure. And I think I read in the IMDb trivia that James Hampton was originally cast as the coach and then at some point got changed over to be the dad. Yeah, it worked out. That's why I picked this movie. Shall we uh, start the breakdown? Let's do it, buddy. Let's get into it. We start with synth music. (laughs) And then, yeah, it's this slow motion thing that sounds like a heartbeat slash a basketball bouncing and reverberating in an empty gymnasium. It's a bit of both because we see it is the basketball, but then like, also, that sound effect comes back later on in scenes where his heart's pounding. So it's it's a bit of both. Interesting thing here. It's all black. We get a cool opening shot from below of a very sweaty Michael J. Fox at the very end of this basketball <laughs> game. Yeah, well, it's not quite the end. He's on the free throw line. He's getting ready to, to shoot a couple free throws. There's two minutes left. It's the end of the game. <laughs> is it two minutes or two seconds? I, I think it is the very final. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, we got a drippy Michael J. Fox. I'm like trying to avoid the the sweat drips. I love tiny little Michael J. Fox is playing against <laughs> actual basketball players who are like all six <laughs> three. Yeah, <laughs> and all definitely older than high school age. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got a note down here at the very bottom about the ages of the actors. Uh, and let me run down what I have. Michael J. Fox was 23. Jerry Levine was 27. Mark Holton was 26. And Mark Arnold, who played Mick, was also 27. And he looks like he is 45. <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> he, he also uh, just a very hairy man, and that's part of it, too. Like, he should, been, he should have been the wolf. Yeah, he is kind of looks part wolf already. But uh, uh, Michael J. Fox, he's on the Beavers. And Mick, he's on the Dragons. Dragons! Uh, and the Beavers, the Beavers suck. Yeah, we come in and the score is 51 to 11. <laughs> and they're probably lucky to have 11 the way that they play. I love that like, both Chubby and Michael J. Fox get knocked to the ground. And the coach even says, that's a foul. <laughs> and, and nothing gets called. <laughs> <laughs> coach Bobby Finstock. He, he, what, he tries to call a timeout and goes and tries to 
to forfeit the game. Am I jumping ahead of the, ourselves here? Are, we, are you there yet? You're, you're just jumping ahead a little bit because uh, I wanted to just mention we see Boof and her friends, Tina and Gina, my favorite characters in the movie. I just want to say I love their <laughs> style. They are too cool for school, and I would have loved to have hung out with them. Uh, they're just very cool new wave post-punk rebels, and I love them both. That's all I wanted to say. And then I guess we, we also get a little hint. Uh, Michael J. Well, Scott looks looks up at Pam to see if, if he's got her attention, mm. and she, she could not care less. Pamela, for some reason, yeah, we see at the game, she keeps coming back to games later. Even though she's rehearsing the play, she's always like at the game, which doesn't make any sense to me. We'll, we'll talk about the play and all that later on when it comes up. Well, is she there for Mick? Is she with Mick? Like, some scenes they are, some scenes that is a whole No, like, she's, she's for sure always with Mick. Later on when she sleeps with Michael J. Fox, that's really just, she, she just wants that for sport. She's just like, I want to try that. I know I can get it because he's easy pickings. And then when she has it, she's <laughs> like, you know, no, we had our fun, and now we're done, and I'm still with Mick. Thank you. That was great. Yeah, interesting. It's... No, she, she's awful. That's why you. you that's why and she you... expects Mick to be okay with it too, because even at the bowling alley, we'll get to that scene. But yeah. she, wow, strange. And then uh, speaking of fashion, well, you were talking fashion with the two ladies. Uh, Styles has got quite the fashion too. I want to make notes of of his fashion throughout the movie. So uh, right off the bat, we got magenta denim pants, a yellow shirt that says "Life sucks, then you die." No, he's got it, some great shirts he does he does which I, comes up later on with scott's dad too i love that joke later on yeah but uh yes uh styles is at the game too cheering on scott and he's like you know hey scott way to go and he's like what would you know about styles <laughs> 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 like, don't cheer me on if you do not know this game <laughs> <laughs> So here, here's where we got Coach Bobby Finstock calling a timeout. Goes over to the other coach, played by Troy Evans, right? You're saying you want um, to forfeit? Yeah, the, yeah. This coach is such a quitter. The other coach is like, uh, no, thanks. My boys here are like in line for like college scholarships, and like I want their you know ratings and stuff to be on point. So I will not allow you to forfeit the game. No, we're gonna finish you, fucking loser. <laughs> and then I love Finn Stock's reaction. He's like, well, well, fine, we'll play if it's that important to you. <laughs> <laughs> we see the quick introduction of the school's vice principal Thorn mm-hmm. as he comes in and notes how poorly the Beavers are doing. Scott intercepts a pass. They're fighting over possession of the ball, or he's, he's fighting over possession with Mick. Again, t- just towers over Scott. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but who doesn't? And uh, we get a, a little grow, a, a, a wolf growl. I think his eyes turn red, too. No, the eyes aren't red here, I don't think, just yet. Okay, just I the growl. just the growl. Um, but yeah, all, all of the growl effects were done in post by the director, I read. Oh, cool. I didn't, I didn't read that. That's cool. But yeah, that Scott does get the ball. And they do this a few times where like they, they don't license the actual song. They do like a shitty ripoff version of the song. It sounds like it's going to be Chariots of Fire. Yes. But it's not. <laughs> it's, I wrote the same thing. <laughs> Score evokes Chariots of Fire. Yeah, evokes because it sure as shit ain't the music. Um, no, but it wants to be. Yeah, so Scott, with like three seconds left, gets the ball. He runs down the court, launches it from halfway down the court. And, of course, it does bounce around the net, but doesn't actually go in. And no point just scored. Boo-hoo. <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered anyway because they're already losing like by 40 points. So, like, what <laughs> does it matter anyway? Just, it, it, would, it would have been cool to win that score with a second left. 13 to 71. <laughs> yeah, I guess... 
like it's a small thing, but just to end on a one positive, but yeah, it, it would not have mattered. Uh, Match on a fire. I just had to write this down. Tina and Gina have drawn matching booty marks on their faces, and I love it. Booty? Oh, beauty. Beauty marks. Beauty marks. I thought you said booty marks. <laughs> they just they drew a couple like, little butt little cheeks. Butts? Just little butt cheeks on their, on their face. One has the left, one has the right cheek. They put them together. <laughs> they, they drew butt chins on their face. A booty, a booty mark, as you would call it. That's what it, yeah, a butt chin is a booty mark. <laughs> uh, then we're in the boys' locker room, and I wrote, lucky goddamn kids having individual stalls for their shower. We just had a great big room with a few standing shower heads, and uh, oh, it was awful. I hated That's it. That's a I, good point. I, I didn't think of that. I, I never showered really after gym class in high school. Like almost That shower room was almost never used except for actual by, by like the basketball team. We would shower after swim, but never after gym class. I think we were all traumatized after our middle school uh, showers, which I, I kind of want to tell this story if I can. All right. Yeah. We were, all tra- we were all traumatized by our middle school showers because we had this pervert teacher who was later fired, oh, Mr. Gangler. No. He, oh, no. And even the name. Yeah. Gangler. Ooh. Oh. But yeah. So uh, we're all like, you I know, like this. I we're all like, like 11 this. or 12. And it was like, okay, boys, you have to shower after gym class. And so he had his office, which like had like a window that came into the locker room, kind of like that halfway door thing, like where one door opens up and he has like a shelf and he would put all the towels there. But the shitty thing was just in front of his office was like a big standing area. And then there was like a semi wall with a door and like that's where the showers were. You'd have to go into the showers and then you come and stand in the area in front of his office, but he wouldn't let anyone get a towel until everyone was done showering. So we're all standing there soaking wet freezing cold and naked trying to cover our junk as we're waiting for him to like give us permission to get towels and then we wouldn't actually be getting permission to like go and grab one individually he would throw them out there to the animals we were trying to get covered up so we'd be like jumping for towels and then we all like later realized like oh this is really fucked up and so like someone told somebody about it and like the school was like yeah you're fired that's completely inappropriate he needs to be behind bars that's like it, it, we we didn't realize how fucked up it was until like later on we're like yeah that well, was yeah, kind of as, fucked up <laughs> he took advantage like you guys had no idea like you don't know any better <sighs> come on guys hurry up and finish showering so we can get our towels and it was like oh wait we should be able to like come and go as we fucking please <laughs> i would you just bring your own towel huh Oh, yeah, I, I definitely no experiences like that for me. We we took showers after gym class, but it was like boop, boop, in and out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just, what this was. I don't but... know if I even, I don't know if I even soaped. I think it was just get the, get the sweat off and get out. I think in high school, we all just didn't care enough to sweat. So we just didn't <laughs> sweat enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, maximum effort when it came to dodgeball. Back to the showers. I thought it was kind of interesting that the visiting team's locker room was basically just separated by a chain link fence the fact that they had this giant men's locker room with two different sets of showers one for the home team one for the visiting team i was like this is like how big is this school jesus christ (laughs) yeah and then like later on when when scott is running around looking for a bathroom like like it's the third or fourth bathroom we'll, we'll get to that scene but yeah it's like this school is just a maze no, i mean I, my school was a bit like that like that i can believe we had big intersections and like there was a you know two different wings that went off on like complete opposite ends of the school that were like you know a pain in the ass to get to 
Um, so that I get, but yeah, but the giant locker room, I do not understand. Scott uh, walks past Chubby, played by Mark Holton, and comments on how Pee-wee. awful this, the food coming from his locker smells. Pee-wee, Ch- he's in the, he's got top, he's in the two of the top five movies as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. He's also in uh, The Naked Gun for one line. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. Like, I love it. Oh, you've never seen the naked... Oh, you don't like those movies. Uh, you... I, it's not my style of humor, but... I'm going to force it a you shot. to watch Airplane with me, and I'm going to make you freaking like it. I will sit down and watch it with you. Oh. I will. Maybe you'd like Top Secret more. I don't know. It's it's much more absurd. You know what? I would love to watch that because I love Val Kilmer. I just recently watched the Val, the documentary. I don't know if you watched that yet. I but... have. Oh, it was great. It, it was. was great. I really want uh, to watch that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, uh, that was his first movie was Top Secret, and it's yep. it's it's the unsung hero of the Zucker Brothers like movies. Like, it's really like much more than Airplane. It is a laugh a minute. There's just jokes upon jokes upon jokes in that movie. It's fantastic. Let's watch it, buddy. I I, I want to watch that with you. I would love to. Yeah, Chubby apparently has got like, you know, animal crackers and a box of cookies and a liverwurst sandwich in his locker, which is what Scott's really like. Come on, I can smell that liverwurst from over there. I like liverwurst, um, but in in college, in my senior year, I was in a play where we had a scene where we all ate lunch. It was in the dialogue where my character says, what's in this sandwich? And someone says, oh, it's, it's Braunschweiger, which is a type of liverwurst. And my character's like, oh, I hate Braunschweiger, but I still eat my sandwich. And so... Because that was in the dialogue, everyone else got to eat a peanut butter sandwich on stage, and I had to eat a brown Schweiger sandwich every night. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it was fine at first. I was like, oh, yeah, this is tasty. I remember liking these. By the last night of the show, I was like, get me away from this goddamn sandwich. <laughs> I am not a liverwurst guy. Uh, my grandmother is German, so... She was very, my, my, she, my dad got his love of liverwurst from her. <laughs> we'll say that. I got it from my grandpa. He's uh, German and English on his side. And yeah, he would nice. enjoy uh, a liverwurst. He also enjoyed sardines and I enjoyed sardines mm. with him as well and smoked salmon. I got a lot of my tastes from my grandpa. So back, back to the movie, uh, Styles uh, is allowed into the locker room post game for some reason, along with Lewis, Matt Adler. Matt Adler, when you need someone to make Michael J. Fox look tall. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Because, yeah, Matt Adler, it was 19 at the time. I think he's probably the youngest actor in here. But he, like, Michael J. Fox is like 5'4", and Matt Adler is 5'2", so he makes Michael J. Fox look huge. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't mention it, but I get the impression that he might be, like, a grade behind Scott and Styles. I always got that impression that he was just like another kid who went to the school who wasn't necessarily in their class, but like was like cool enough that they hung out with him. Yeah. And we definitely had, had kids like that. I, I was kind of that kid when I was in high school, I, I was a freshman and there was a few senior groups circles that I was privy to. For sure. In college, that was my relationship. I hung out with all the seniors my freshman year. Cause it was you and everyone else. And then by the time I was like my junior year, I didn't know anyone else at my school anymore. I was like, oh, who the fuck are you guys? Oh, you've been with me the whole time? I don't know. I don't care about any of you. I don't like any of you. (laughs) 
so does Styles know players on the other team? He seems to like he goes he goes into the other group here. Hey, lemonade! I, I, he's he's trying to collect money. Yeah, to get a keg. He has for the Scott party for money too. But yeah, like uh, I mean, we didn't really know like too many opposing people at other schools, except for like the, like the big athletes who like kicked ass. You would like learn their names. So I mean. The fact that he knows the other players, or the, that Pamela dates the guy from the other neighboring high school too. Like you're wondering how close these schools are. They all like live in the same town. I never understood that. Like you know, we didn't have, we had the school within our village of Brown Deer, and then there was like every other school like in Milwaukee kind of thing, or like you know there was the high school in Mequon to the high school in Grafton, but like we didn't know people at these schools. Yeah, I guess I guess I knew a few when I was in high school, but only because working in a movie theater in a neighboring town got to know mostly girls <laughs> hey. that went to another school yeah that was a great job but yeah the, the fact that styles is trying to like scam money off of the guys like we're trying to raise money for the united negro college fund what <laughs> 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 really he he's tries trying to hit a mick too he tries to hit up mick no no mick mick grabs him to like escort him out of the locker room like stop talking to my co my teammate get the fuck out of here it's like mick mick let me just talk to you for one second <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so he knows mick mick doesn't go to the school but yeah they they know some of these people styles tells scott he needs to have a keg in order to be able to get into this party later on which also doesn't make any uh, sense he's like I, I won't be allowed into the party if i don't bring a keg it's basically what he says but then, like, later on at the party, he's, like, the MC of the sex party. So, like, it's weird. It's weird. Anyway, we'll get to yeah. it. Scott finds that really long chest hair coming from the middle of his chest, like a six to seven inch long clump of hair. It was gross. <laughs> yeah, rips it out. What the hell is this? And then, yeah, you, you'd already said about Styles talking to the other guy, but I wrote, uh, Styles is culturally insensitive to the black player on the opposing team. <laughs> yep, pretty much nailed it. And then Scott, uh, he uh, goes to uh, Coach Bobby Finstock's office. I'm going to keep calling him by his full name, Coach mm-hmm. Bobby Finstock. I find it funny that Bobby is shaving and eating KFC at the same time. Scott says he's got a problem. The coach is like, well, I'm very busy, as you can see. <laughs> I, I love, I, yeah, I love how he's like, you know, you can always come to me with a problem. Well, I've got a problem. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Scott says, like, you know, oh, it's complicated and that he's going through changes. And the coach assumes he's either stressing about puberty or that he needs money for drugs and or an abortion. And he kind of mirrors, <laughs> what was your coach? Gaggler? Goggler? Mr. Gangler, yeah. Gangler. Yeah, because uh, Finstock's like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't notice the personal changes. I haven't been hanging around the locker room that, that much anymore. Sorry, I haven't been studying your junk. I guess I didn't yeah. see your pubes come in. Sorry about that, kid. And uh, no, Scott's like, no, I want to quit the team. And then the coach like tells this whole story about a kid who was like Scott, like you know, he, the kid wanted to quit the team to take care of his mother. She had a pin in her hip, but the story goes nowhere essentially. And the, so, what happened to the kid? He's like, I don't know. He left the team. He was their third stringer. I didn't need him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck was the point of that story, then, man? The coach does that a lot. <laughs> he does. He does. He like sets you up, like, oh, he's gonna give me something. No, he gave me absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, the, the last little thing is like, the coach is like, you know, that kid needed to get a job. But Scott, you've got a job. So, I mean, really, I should be asking you for money, man. <laughs> like, he still assumed that Scott was coming to him asking him for money. <laughs> Scott leaves the school and runs into Booth. Uh, Scott and Booth walk to Scott's job at his father's hardware store. Uh, I love this uh, interaction as uh, Styles is driving by in his car. 
Boof, how the hell are you? Just say no. No, good talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I, he also mentions uh, Scott's telling Boof uh, about a strange dream that he had last night. Boof was in it, Pam was in it, and a bunch of chickens. He's having like wolf dreams, I think. But at the same time, like, again, he, he keeps doing this whole thing of, you know, I'm having problems and uh, Boof, why won't Pamela say more than two words to me? And Boof is, gives this great reaction of like, you can do much better than Pamela. But her face is like, she, he says Pamela and her face just drops like, God damn it, not again. Stop yeah. talking about her. I'm right here, Scott. Yeah, she even like, I like how she stops too. Like he keeps walking and she like pauses for a second, falls behind. And yeah, you, yeah, he's, he, come on, Scott, look, look, look. Look right in front of you. I, I'm a Boof man. How about you? I really like Boof. Oh, no. She's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and I wrote this note. All the while, uh, he's complaining about basketball. And uh, this, I'm, I feel too average in basketball and this school and this town. And all the while, she's giving him eyes that say, I don't care about any of this. Why are we not making out? Priorities, man. Yeah. Where are your priorities? His priorities are with the popular blonde girl. Because, uh, you know, that, that was the thing in the 80s. Like, blondes were the bombshells and brunettes were plain Janes. And that was, like, the theme of things. And it's like, no, like, Boof's really cute and has great style. Although those that purple outfit she wears later on I got an issue with. For the most part, great style and very cute. Very, very cute. Uh, just She falls victim to the fashion of, of the 80s from time to time. Who, who didn't back then? When she blows up about him saying Pam, he's like, what's wrong? Did I say something wrong? And she walks away like, yeah, Scott, Boof's got the hots for you, always has. And you're treating her like she's your sister. Boof says, you can do a lot better than Pamela. And he asks, like who? Like who? Like Boof, the cute brunette who walks you to work every day so she can spend as much time with you as she can because you drive her insane, dude. <laughs> I, I will give it credit. This does tend to happen where two childhood friends grow up and one becomes interested in the other and the other is just totally oblivious. I, 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 can, I can see that happening. Scott then goes to work at his dad's hardware store. He doesn't get teased about the score of the game, but everyone's like, what was the score of the game? And he's like, oh yeah, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we get our introduction of James Hampton. He's standing up on a, a ladder or a stool or something and he's counting wrenches, he's tossing them into this box. And I love how he's you mentioned what's the score he's like what's the score don't tell me i'll lose my count <laughs> yeah and then they have their little interjection there's that weird big open bowl of popcorn on the counter i don't know what that's about i was i always noticed I that, as a about kid. that i was like oh what a fun snack but also like why is there a big open bowl of popcorn in a hardware store that is strange take take a handful on your way out yeah it's, it tastes like grease like everything in a hardware store does <laughs> Hardware stores, you got to love them. They always have that same smell. It's the, I was just going to say. It's the smell of like fresh tools covered in that oil to keep everything nice and fresh. It doesn't rust. It's that oil kind of smell. It's that combination of that. And then like there's always a area where there's plant planters and like the chemical stuff. So there's like chemical smell from those and like the smell of like, you know, just soil, wood. You get yeah. some wood. Oh, I love because, the yeah, smell of these, a hardware store. A lot of and places rubber. that have like lumber that's being cut for you yeah you're right yep. you're right and that rubber too that rubber is that smell of rubber is really in there mm, get those rubbers i love the smell of rubbers <laughs> <laughs> um but scott starts to hear this awful noise as he sees this kid blowing on a whistle 
his dad doesn't seem to react to it. And so Scott's like, you know, what the hell? And he kind of goes and chases down the kid. The kid's not where he was before. He's running through the place. He's knocking stuff over. Finally finds the kid ready to blow hard again into the whistle. He slaps the kid in the back of the head. He spits it out. And he's like, the whistle's broken. Way to go. And he walks away. And the, Scott's like, oh, no, it's a, it's a dog whistle. Why was I hearing a dog whistle? <laughs> Carl Stevens, in and out. The dad, spoilers, the dad is a werewolf as well. So he do, he's, he's learned how to ignore the, the dog whistle. I think that's going to be his first hint that something's going on with Scott. Because he's like, well, I can hear that, but I'm ignoring it. Oh, but it looks like Scott can hear that too. Oh, don't tell me. Don't tell good, me. Good point. Next scene, we're back at the high school where Scott is delivering hardware supplies to the drama department. This play is the weirdest thing in this movie. <laughs> it appears to be a one-woman show starring Pamela. But by the way it's being rehearsed, it seems like it's some sort of scam that this creep put together in order for him to watch Pamela for an hour and a half every day after school. It really oh, just I like, like this. He wants to have sex with her so bad, as does Scott does, but there's he's like sitting on her every word and he, as she's like talking, he's like, more more sensual, more more this, more oh yeah, more please. It's like he it's it's so weird because she's also a terrible actress, but he's on every word that she's saying. So it's like, is this a play? And like, <laughs> if so, she appears to be like a slave owner who's begging Union soldiers not to burn down her plantation. And that's all it is. It's just like, and like, there's that line later on, like, you can murder my family. You can ravage my body. And it's like, this is all for this director's pleasure. Like, I'm sure he just wrote this and put it in like colorful language all about her being ravaged. And he just wants her to say it over and over in front of him every day. It's not a play. It's a scam. <laughs> I did not think about this. Why did I, why did I just accept this? You're, you're fucking right, man. Holy shit. He pulled the wool over my eyes. There's no one what else there. What the fuck is this thing? It's just him and her. There's no. It's always the same scene. We never see anything else. It's always, you can ravage my body. It's, you know, this is all, all you ever see. Yeah. And it's, it, and then, and then there's nobody else until there's a wolf. And then, oh, okay, well, let's write in this wolf part. It's a one woman show. <laughs> there's no technical crew. And she's terrible, she, but he hangs on every word. She's awful. Yeah, I know. He's, and he's just sitting there. Yes, more, more sensual. Yes. Oh. Like he's going to go home <laughs> and burst. <laughs> by the way i do whoever that actor is i do really i i like his performance i like i like his character no i like him too i wish i looked him up because he is he's not a face that i recognized at all besides this movie and like he is being super over the top but he's also the high school drama teacher so i get it but yeah like he does his scenes well because he is memorable and he's comical memorable and unique and how what what do you what is he channeling like what he's he does weird. It just starts sentences and then stuff. I don't. Yeah, he's doing. It, he's doing a bit of a manic. Jimmy Stewart stutter. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's 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 odd, but in a in a cool way, I think. He, he he again. He's doing the part he needs to be doing in this movie. This awful movie with this weird play. <laughs> where he is scamming the school to in order to watch a girl. <laughs> totally is. Totally. <laughs> Uh, and this is one of the first times I heard uh, Michael J. Fox's Canadian accent coming through because he interrupts the rehearsal, dropping a bunch of stuff. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hurt me, darling. Hurt me. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, yeah, while the drama teacher goes and like starts putting away the paint that Scott has brought, Scott's trying to offer Pamela a ride to the party they're both attending later that evening. And we get this interesting scene where like he drops all of his stuff because he sees that his the backs of his hands are very hairy. And I we don't know if he has his claws here, but his backs of his hands are very hairy. And he quickly like hides them in his back pocket. So we don't know much about his transformation stuff because his dad. Well, while his dad says, you can't believe all that hocus pocus from the movies, he never actually explains how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but Michael J. Fox says, like, you know, it comes and it goes. It depends on if he's, like, nervous or things like that. So he's nervous talking to this girl. He's also pretty horny. So the horniness and the nervousness are making the wolf kind of come out is what we kind of learn. Yeah, yeah. I definitely anger, uh, horniness. Yeah, for, I, I took it for sure the, the, anytime he's feeling horny. And this movie really could have uh really done something really could have sunk its teeth so to speak uh into like the whole puberty wolf thing it kind of skirts it a little bit here and there but it never, yeah. never goes well, into only it. in the beginning and then once he becomes the wolf it just becomes montage the movie yeah yep it's like they, they could have explored it more but they don't because they're like it's just easier to film basketball scenes did you ever watch the mtv remake or re oh the tv show no no i never did i never did either but i wonder if they i wonder if they went more in that direction more the teen i I know that very little of like the story carries over into that it's it's a much darker thing as far as i'm aware like the only thing that carries over is like his name i think that's about it Mm -hmm. like there's no styles there's no chubs there's no basketball game he's like just dealing with like teen angst while also being a werewolf as far as i'm aware interesting yeah it never never drew my attention no i wouldn't we're we're in our late 30s early 40s (laughs) why would we want to watch a high school show but yeah i i watching it now i'm like well if somebody was to remake this i would that's how i would do it i'd lean more into the into that kind of stuff but no i would say la vie I said mauve, not turquoise. <laughs> Two very different colors. One is blue, the other is purple. Like, how do you screw that up, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Lolly is the guy's name, the character's okay. name. We now cut to Tony's Liquor, where Styles is trying to pretend to be an adult and buying a keg of beer for his boss. Uh, this, you, you got a call from the boss, right? Yes, I did. Oh, well, we're getting together this party for one of the guys down at the gravel pit. He just got paroled. Can you believe it? And then uh, the the clerk doesn't really react to this. He just keeps reading his paper. So Styles goes to a different tactic. Pulls out a while. Oh, I got plenty of dough. Pulls out what looks to be about three to four dollars. It's exactly what I wrote. It's like three to four dollars. He's like, yeah, I got plenty of bread. Here's even a little extra for you. And the guy just takes it without even looking up from his newspaper, puts it in his pocket, and he's like, I'm still going to see some ID there, sonny boy. Yeah, you got you got any ID? Sport. Yeah, sport. That's what he says. I knew it was something like you know, kiddo or something. <laughs> I do like the score here. I like the little music cue that he gets. The, no, but there are parts where the score cue. does work. As a, as a whole, it doesn't work. No, but that is a fun little moment. Matt Adler, Lewis is waiting for him in the car. That's a fun little shot of him too, just slunk down in the in the seat, and the shot is over the side of the car no, door. I was gonna like that just, too. But again, you can see Matt Adler smiling. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's breaking. He's like, he's like breaking, and then he has to like quickly like stop so he can deliver his line, which is, "I don't even like beer. Never say die." 
(laughs) (laughs) And we always talk about lines that we repeat from these movies. That's a line that I repeat a lot. Never say die. And then people look at me weird. It comes up later on when they go back to the liquor store again, but there's that scene where Lewis then says to Styles, never say die. Yeah. That was also cut from TV. I don't remember that exchange. Like Scott Scott right. says I'm, Scott says I'm not taking the gun. I'll go inside. And then we just cut to inside. They cut like that extra twenty seconds or whatever just to make it that much shorter. But I was like, I don't remember Lewis ever saying to Styles. I don't remember that at all. Your your memory is sharper than mine. I was trying to remember, like definitely the garage scene was edited out, but I couldn't I was trying to remember like what else was cut out. I couldn't remember. Really, I think it's just those two things. Everything is else. It? Everything else was burned in my brain. But yeah, I was like, I don't remember Lewis ever saying that line. So that got cut. And then, yeah, the whole F word weed scene, (laughs) which we'll get to. Yeah, F word. That F word. Yes. 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 We could see Scott and his dad eating dinner together. And at one point during production, James Hampton asked the director about his character. And the director gave him this, this guide. You are a man who knows how to make a casserole. That's the character. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i i think that's great direction because that would I, I i get that and i think hampton got it too because that's what he plays <laughs> no he's 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 a very he's not a motherly father but he's an understanding and caring and like he's a single dad that is leaned into it yeah for sure and then again like they never really explain like do they say mom is dead they just say she's gone and like we assume she's we assume she's dead but we don't know well, Mick says that line, I blew her head I know, and then off. We're, we're, we're going to get to all that, too, because uh, Lewis at some point says that Mick sp- did time. That he's like, Mick's 20 years old. The only reason why he's still in high school is because he did time. So did he I don't, kill your mom? Well, I, it's really unclear. I don't, I don't believe him that he killed her, but re- refer- referring to her having been killed in the past, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah, that's the thing. Like, and maybe was, was she killed? Solved. Yeah, what was she killed? Was she not? Or is this just like a fucked up thing to say to a kid? Like it's really unclear. You don't know. Sequel. Well, there is a sequel. <laughs> you know that. Prequel. <laughs> Scott tells his dad at dinner that he wants to quit the basketball team and do the school play instead, even though it's a one person show. Uh it's also a scam. <laughs> uh, God then damn it. He he asks his dad if anything really weird has ever happened to him. And his dad almost gets to have the heart-to-heart conversation that he needs to have with his son. But Styles walks in. And then I love uh, Mr. Howard not looking up saying, Styles, nice shirt. <laughs> and the shirt says, obnoxious, the movie. Yeah, yeah, without turning around, he knows that Styles is wearing a shirt that's just like too much. He's like, God... I, no, he's, it says he's, obnoxious. Well, no, I know. <laughs> I was, I was going to say obnoxious, but it says obnoxious. So I was trying to use a different word. <laughs> <laughs> he knows he's going to be wearing some obnoxious article of clothing. It's a funny joke. And I also like that Scott's dad knows he's going to a high school party and is cool with it. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah just, you know, be safe, make good decisions. And I also like that, that you can see how their relationship works as far as like being alone, the two of them. Scott, like, asking him before he leaves, like, hey, like, is it okay that I leave the dishes here like this? Are you can be fine with that? He's like, no, no, I, I can take care of these dishes. But, like, Scott was willing to, like, say, like, Styles, give me 10 minutes. I got to help Dad with the dishes if, if Dad needed it, you know? I love that. Yeah, I did like that little moment, too, yeah. I heard that uh, the shop class teacher got his dick cut in the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, you get a, like, actual, like, genuine smile there from Michael J. Fox. Like, that seems yeah. legit, like, him, like, laughing, like, wait, what? <laughs> 
Well, then we see the three boys, Scott, Styles, and Lewis, pulling up to the liquor store once again. Styles and Lewis are in Styles' car, and uh, Scott's driving his dad's hardware store van. Styles wants Scott to take a squirt gun, put it in his pocket, rob the liquor store for a keg of beer. Like, not money. Like, pay for it. Give me a keg of beer. And then after he gives you the keg, you slam the cash down, and you run out with the keg. Like, that's a really dumb idea, Styles. <laughs> it's a good way to get your but- head blown off. But Scott takes the squirt gun and the money and then tosses the squirt gun into the van. It's like, I'm yeah. not going to do that. I'm, I'm just going to try and pay for this. But no, uh, years ago, I had a friend who owned a liquor store with his wife. And you better believe he kept a loaded 45 behind a counter at all times. He was like, I'm not fucking around. People love to rob liquor stores. He was an ex-Marine sniper. So you knew he had no problem taking someone down. Marine snipers are wired a little differently than people. <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably true. Scott does the smart thing and leaves the gun. And this is where we get Lewis saying, never say die. Inside the liquor store, it's popping with two older ladies buying bubble gum and RC Cola. (laughs) RC Cola. This scene makes me think of the liquor store scene in Dazed and Confused. Kid is going to pick up the six pack and the store owner is selling the beer to the pregnant lady Mm -hmm. ahead of him. Uh, For some reason, I'm like, wait, he's not selling the, the pregnant. Oh, that's a different movie. Scott asks for a keg of beer, and the old man is like tired. Like, I'm tired of you damn kids coming in here, wasting my time. Unless you got ID, I don't give a shit. Which, of course, upsets Michael J. Fox. And we get that, again, like deep heartbeat kind of music again. The whole soundtrack cuts out, and he just gets this blood-red eyes showing up in his very deep voice. Give me a keg of beer. Ooh, that was good. Uh, and, then, and then he picks up like some powdered donuts and these, uh, which is a great <laughs> joke. But that made me think of um, American Graffiti when Toad is buying a bottle of Old oh. Harper and he first goes into the liquor store and he doesn't yeah. buy it. He's like, you know, can I get a comb and a comic book and a roadmap and uh, one of those and one of that? And then like he goes back out to the car and she's like, where is this? He's like, I don't know. I got so nervous. I just bought a bunch of stuff. <laughs> That is a great scene. And then it's talking about your buddy who had the gun behind the counter. Don't they get like some guy, don't they give him like money to go in and get the liquor for him? And he goes in and then all of a sudden he comes running out, tosses the liquor at him and keeps running. And then the shop owner comes out and starts shooting at the guy running away. Yeah. 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 Cause the guy just robbed the, the liquor. Yeah. But make sure to get this <laughs> bottle of old Harper first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's another great one. Yeah. American graffiti. Hmm. Lots and of great liquor store scenes. They did a funny gag with that on The Simpsons. Uh, it's Homer wants to buy illegal fireworks while they're on vacation. So he goes into like a quickie mart type store. and uh, But he does the thing where he's buying a bunch of items, but he keeps saying the thing that would be the thing you would say. Say it was Toad buying, you know, I'll take a comb and a comic book and a bottle of Old Harper and then a roadmap. <laughs> but Homer's like, I'll take a large box of condoms one of them porno magazines, a disposable <laughs> enema, uh, some illegal fireworks, and uh, one of those things that makes your dick pump up. <laughs> that really got gotcha. you. The, the dick pumping up is not on The Simpsons. I threw that because I couldn't remember the last one, but that really got gotcha. you. <laughs> no, but I get the I get the point. I get the point. I don't think it was even the dick pump. It was just you're right. Just he said everything that you would want to <laughs> distract from. Yeah. 
Oh, and it then worked the great, though, like, the great part that is later he goes home and Marge is pulling out the groceries, finding a bottle of liquor, a bo- large box of condoms, some disposable enemas. And she goes, Homer, whatever you have planned for tonight, count me out. <laughs> Jump cut to see Styles in his convertible with his arm around his passenger. Only the passenger is the pony keg they purchased. He's so happy that Scott was able to get it. Yeah, I love he's singing to it. We're <laughs> inside Scott's van where he and Lewis are talking about their prospects at the party. And Scott's like, Lewis is first like, how did you, how did you get it? And he's like, I just asked. And he gave it to me. He's like, bullshit. He's like, I just asked for it. Uh, I, I like this little moment too. Like he tells, he tells Scott, why are you wasting your time on Pam? You should go for Boof. Go for yeah. Boof. She likes you. I guess, and I wrote my notes. If I was in high school and a girl as pretty as Boof was interested in me, I would for sure go out with her in a heartbeat. But yep. I also didn't date much in high school, so I can understand why. And who knows if Scott dates at all? But still, like, it's just like, come on, man. Like, she really wants to hang out with you. She really wants your tongue in her mouth. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> yeah, this is where we have that instance where, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I want to talk to Pamela at the party. Make something happen. And Lewis is like, Come on, man. We all know Pamela's dating Mick. You know it. I know it. Everyone knows. And Scott's like, no, no, she's single. It's like, no, dude. No, she's not. And then also that thing of he did time. That's why he's 20 years old in high school, which I don't believe you can be. I think after the age of 18, you just have to get a GED. You can't go back to being in high school if you're like 20 years old. <laughs> you know how high school rumors are and that and he's like if he's going to a different high school too like you could make up any story you wanted about him no that's true he just he looks like he's 25 so there's rumors that he is 25 right here is where styles pulls up next to him and tells scott to pull over he wants to why does he want him to pull over justin he, he wants to surf the waves the like this takes place in ohio they, oh. they never say, but like I've 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 heard other places like this movie is supposed to take place in like the Midwest somewhere. You know what? I had forgotten about that until you just mentioned it too, and I think I remember seeing that in my research as well. He wants to surf some waves, uh, which involves him getting on top of the hardware store van, blasting Beach Boys music, and pretending to surf on top of the car. Well, first he's got to put on the Hawaiian shirt, kick off the shoes, and put on those cool, cool shades. Oh, yeah, I love those shades. The, those sunglasses came back years ago when Kanye West made them popular again. But yeah, like the, the sunglasses, they're like, like just... Like the window shades? Yeah, like a window shade, like slats of plastic. So all you th- kids who were like, you know, oh, man, those sunglasses are so cool. Kanye is so cool. No, Styles was cool. Styles did it first. <laughs> That's Styles style. I think this was really... Jerry Levine. This was really Jerry Levine on top of the van. I don't think he had a stunt double. I read there's that. There's a yeah. couple. There's a couple shots where you can see the wire running down one of his pant legs. I'm, I'm fine with that. But yeah, no, he, like he he did this stunt himself, which is impressive. Whereas yeah, Michael J. Fox, I think, did a few of the shots for that later Maybe. sequence, but for sure he's not doing backflips or a handstand. <laughs> Or those dance moves, or some of those basketball moves. Oh no, he for sure had his own <laughs> basketball double. And yeah, in that in that dance scene, I was like, "Ooh, you have Michael J. Fox and Michael J. Fox's dance double." Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, Scott's driving. His wolf ears appear briefly. He's kind of uh, nervous driving with Styles on top of the van, so the nervousness brings out the wolf. What are the rules? We don't know. But they arrive at the party finally. Styles does this awesome smooth ass somersault from the top of the van down into the back of his convertible it he looks so <laughs> fucking cool doing it 
Although yeah, Scott yeah. does part like an asshole where he's up against his bumper, but it's it's so he can do this stunt. And I love like when he does that roll down, he's like, hey, hey, hey nice bump, baby. Then we enter this crazy high school party. Oh my Co- college God. parties were like this for me. Yes. Parties. Like I I think you and I went to a couple college parties that were similar to this, but But there was no uh, no no orgy happening like this is or sex games, I should say. Um, I guess maybe like graduation party, maybe a couple of them approached this, but I think I think there were cool kids in my school who had parties like this, but I was not invited to those parties. Perhaps that was my situation too. <laughs> I, I I can name a few kids I know for sure. I'm like, I bet you so and so was doing some nasty shit in high school parties, but I can't confirm that because I wasn't at those parties. Yeah, well, this this one is just hopping. Even out in the front lawn, they've got like a TV set and like chairs set up. I miss that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's like a whole like living room set in the front lawn. Somebody's watching something, and people are just like passing bags of chips throughout the party. Some grabs a handful, just passes along. There's drinks. There's joints. Uh, There's some guy looking like me who's talking to Pamela. I thought the guy talking to Pamela (laughs) looked a lot like me. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think of that. (laughs) <laughs> but he walks away and scott tries to talk to her he's like are you looking for anyone not you and then boof just comes out of nowhere there you go she said two words to you <laughs> <laughs> boof with the zinger mm-hmm. <laughs> i love this cheesy 80s rock song that's playing it's so bad there's a lot of all the music songs in this yeah all a lot of, the of songs bad songs are terrible in this movie. I mean, they 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 wanted to make this movie on the cheap, so they they did not spend anything on the music. These songs are just awful. No, uh, we see Styles struggling to carry his pony keg to the kitchen, where he's like, "Hey, man, I told you, I told you, I'd provide for the party, man. I got it. I got the keg we all needed for this party to happen." And the host of the party is like, uh, "We put it in the pile with the rest of them. If we don't finish it tonight, you can take it home." <laughs> and, we see that there are already like six to seven pony kegs just in this huge pile. So, again, Styles thought he was going to be the savior of the party when really he's just every other schmo who brought a keg. And he's like, yeah, if we don't drink it, you can take it home. I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, he's he's treated like just a schmo, like you said, in this scene. But then in this next moment, he's the he's running this party. He's yeah, he, the head of the party. He's, he's the, the MC. He's the master of sexual ceremonies is what I wrote with yes. either Tina or Gina. Cause I don't know which one is which as his lovely assistant wearing only lingerie. Another reason why yes. I was had a big crush on her was just for this scene where she's wearing like a corset and thigh eyes. I was like, hello, Tina or Gina. And this is a fun game too. Like she's walking around with this top hat filled with names of the girls yeah right and then somebody would draw a name of the girl and then all of the girls in the crowd already have a name of a random boy yeah each girl who put their name into the hat also then got the name of a boy who put his name in and so yeah styles draws a name and gets that girl and then has them do something sexual with their guy Uh, yeah yeah we mentioned like we didn't mention that we see like uh, a, a a boy and a girl in their underwear tied up covered in whipped cream or shaving cream. I read that it was actually shaving cream and I don't know what are they doing. They're like, yeah, like writhing on the floor, trying to untie they're, they're each like other. Tied, like their hands are tied, like back to back. They're covered in f- some kind of foam or cream. And everyone's like counting down. Like they had like 60 seconds to like, I guess like 
untie each other. It's really unclear <laughs> what they're doing, but like everyone counts down. They're like, oh, time's up. Ah. It looks fun, whatever it is. Yeah. It and and I, I, and I read that uh, Jerry Levine had a tough time keeping his balance. And you can see he is slipping and sliding in this shaving cream. We see Chubbs get his, uh, his turn with this hot blonde. Yeah. Uh, he has to eat a bowl of jello out of her blouse. Uh, but I love that he just immediately starts motorboating her tits. <laughs> <laughs> we see Boof has her piece of paper and on it is the name Malcolm. Pamela standing right next to her and has Scott's name. And uh, I wrote, and then we get to Scott, who is a sweaty mess and looks like absolute shit. <laughs> he's wigging out, man. Yeah, he's, he's he's trying to keep the wolf inside. He's horny. He's horny right now. So he's horny. He is nervous. He may be just yep. losing a bit of control because he's probably had a few beers and he's probably doesn't drink much. And he's just kind of like, oh, that thing of like, I'm getting drunk for the first time and I don't know what's going on. You know, I didn't think about it, but it is possible that it is his first time. It's it, not really. It could be. This is maybe the first time that they successfully got a keg, but then so did everyone else. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> they all look like they're 27. Boof gets called by a Styles and she lies and says that Scott is on her piece of paper, which Pamela's like, mm, good. I don't want to make out with that guy. And then yeah, Styles puts the two of them into a closet for a seven minutes in heaven type of thing, but he doesn't call it that, and they only get two minutes. It's really weird. Two minutes, anything goes. As soon as they're in there, Boof immediately tells Scott that she didn't have his name. She had Malcolm. Scott's like, well, Malcolm's a good guy. Boof's like, oh, you can, you can come over here closer. And I like how when, they're, when they're, she puts her arms around him, you can hear like the crowd outside going, go, 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 go. Like they're chanting for something else outside, but I thought it was kind of fun that that's going on. You're hearing that while they're doing this. Mm -hmm. But we see just for a brief scene outside of the closet, what was going on, uh, a guy and a girl had to swap each other's clothes quickly. And they did it in another room, which I thought the more fun is if you're doing it in the middle of the room where everyone gets to see you all change your clothes quick. But I guess they like, well, this got, way you get the reveal. Yeah, I guess. And it was a great reveal. As a kid, I didn't understand it either. It, Me neither. It, as a kid, I just assumed it was a woman. It, look, it, it's, a, it's a man. Me too. But it, I just assumed it was a masculine-looking woman because he kind of comes out dancing. And like I was like, ooh. Like, as a kid, I was like, oh, it's kind of an attractive woman, but I don't know what's happening here. No, it's a guy. He had switched clothes with a girl, and she came in wearing his. But as a kid, I always thought it was a girl. I am right 100% with you on that. It's one of the most memorable visuals for me from the entire movie, too. Like, I, I, I can instantly picture that, that white blouse, that mm -hmm. guy coming in with that weird dance. And I, yeah, I, I didn't understand it as a kid either. And then we're back in the closet with Boof and Scott. Scott um, says, I feel weird. And Boof says, how do I feel? Yeah, they start making out. Starts getting kind of hot and heavy. Boof is like, Scott, your fingernails. He's, he scratches her a little bit hard, and she slaps him hard in the face. Yeah, has to slap him to get him to stop. We see a quick cut to uh, Mick is now at the party as well, but he's kind of a wet blanket. Pamela's like, oh, my God, Mick, this is the funniest thing. It's like, I don't give a shit. We're leaving. <laughs> yeah, drags, drags her off. And then I think uh, Styles is like, wait, quiet. Listen, everybody. Listen in the closet. It's really quiet in there. What you, do think you think they're they doing? Did? <laughs> let's find out and then yeah boof and scott come out you could see boof's hair has been messed up since when she <laughs> so they, they, were, they were doing a little something uh, but she walks away kind of embarrassed and we see what? from the backside her shirt has been ripped open like a have you seen the poster for the movie the howling yeah it's like the claws coming through like the canvas that's what her sweater is doing after the party we see scott arriving at home 
I wrote, he parks like an asshole because he's either drunk or he's just out of it. But he's, he's definitely up on the curb, I can tell. Uh, he walks inside. We get more of this weird synth score. Bam, 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 bam. Scott goes past his dad, who's still up watching TV. Scott heads up to the bathroom. Yep, just runs past his dad. His dad's like, Scott? I don't think he was... He wasn't expecting him home so soon. And then, yeah, we... I kind of just glossed over this. It's a lot of bad makeup effects where Michael J. Fox doesn't look like himself. And it's all right. these like bladders in his face, but he doesn't look like himself. I always really hated this as a kid. I was like, why does Michael J. Fox look so fucking ugly suddenly? And I, I was like, why did they bring in somebody else? That too. Yeah. He just, he does not look like himself in the makeup. They've applied it to him because it, it's supposed to look like him, but like, you know, with now with like bulging eyebrows and bulging things in his face, but like, Something about the nose and the mouth just looks so artificial that it's like, who's this other person that's not Michael J. Fox? Yeah, and he ends up kind of looking kind of caveman. It's that kind of cliche, you know, son, everything okay in there? No worry, Dad, I'm just jerking it. Go away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, another thing the movie could have leaned into a little more, but it's, it's too afraid to, I guess. And I've seen this spoof. They spoofed this on a great episode of South Park where um, it's all about the Jersey Shore coming to South Park because Jersey Shore was popular at the time. And we learned that Kyle's mother is from New Jersey and that Kyle was technically born there. He was born there and that they moved to South Park when he was an infant. So he's from New Jersey. And so at some point... (laughs) He feels himself compelled to put on gaudy rings and slick his hair up and uh. wear chains and a wife beater and put on fake tan. And he like does this transformation in the bathroom. Like he's compelled to do it. And his mom's like knocking at the door like, Kyle, you better open this door now. And he's like, okay, mom, I can't be held responsible for what you're going to see. And <laughs> it's the same thing. He opens the door. And now she too, it looks like she is some kind of New Jersey housewife. <laughs> and she's like, Kyle, we need to talk. <laughs> it's, it's very well done <laughs> so that happens in this movie as well dad is at the door asking to let him in and opens the door and papa reveal james hampton also is a werewolf or is he an ewok uh, <laughs> it, it looks very like, a... like it makes his head look two times the size of what it is it's just like you it's see just that... a big puffball yeah you see that wide shot later where like he like turns around like Scott walks past him and it's like his body is the same size. He just has this giant puffball of a head. And again, too, it doesn't look like James Hampton at all. It could be some other guy, and he's just voicing it because it looks nothing like him. Yeah, I could see it in him. I could see his eyes, I think. But yeah, uh, there's a note from IMDb Trivia that uh, while the werewolf makeup took nearly four hours to apply, James Hampton tore it off in about 30 seconds after he was done because it made him feel so claustrophobic. Which, I can imagine for somebody if if you suffer from that, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, like a lot of actors who do heavy makeup, like either can do it, and like they, uh, Ron Perlman's one of those guys who does it all the time because he has no problem doing it. Like he, if you look at his career, there's so many things where he has worn like makeup appliances for things. Whereas uh, Jim Carrey, when he was doing How the Grinch Stole Christmas, when he was playing the Grinch, mm. he was in that full body thing, and that was like torture to him. He did feel awful. And so much so that he like brought in like a Navy SEAL guy who dealt with torture to like talk him through it. Like, here's how you're going to change your mindset in this situation. I know you feel like you're being tortured. Here's how we're going to help clear your mind so you can perform this movie. And like, that's how he got through that shit. That's a story that I have always remembered too. And it, for some reason, it make, this all makes me think of also John Reese davies in Lord of the Rings. He was actually allergic to the prosthetic makeup. Oh, and yeah. So, 
he, I, there's a podcast called the friendship onion with uh, the two with Dominic Monaghan and Billy you just Boyd. say Mary and Pippin. <laughs> Mary and Pippin. Uh, I love those two though. Uh, but they, they, a lot of behind the scenes, Lord of the Rings stuff, but they talk about how they could only film John Reese Davies like every six days or every sixth day or something like that. So they were on the schedule because of his allergies. I'm digressing. No, but yeah, it's, it's interesting stuff. So he's finally like, dad, like, why wouldn't you have told me this sooner? He's like, well, I was hoping I wouldn't have to. Sometimes it skips a generation. And until the other day, I thought it had passed you by. But when I saw that dog, he doesn't say it, it was like, I saw you reacting to that dog whistle. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then we get the, <clears throat> the teen, the teen angsty. I don't want to talk about it, dad. Yeah. Slam my door. Meh. Uh, and we see it was a full moon that night. But again, it's never explicitly said that it has to be a full moon or that that deals with anything as to why this happened. So, like, we don't get the rules. Like, it's the next morning and dad's making cocoa. Like, I should have told you this, blah, blah, blah. And uh, these powers have great responsibilities, Spider-Man. Um, There's where I want. That's why I brought up Jeff Loeb and his and his comic book writing. He uh, yes. totally lifts this. He even wrote for Spider-Man. And this is a not word for word but almost yeah i think he changed one word <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah uh, scott says i gotta worry about killing chickens and fearing silver bullets and full moons the rest of my life and his dad's like oh well no that's just in the movie son this is a part of you but it doesn't have to change your entire life werewolves are people just like you and me just with a few certain ex- exceptions so now we're back at school yeah. scott's gone to school we're at his locker and he's close to pamela and she notices something different about him. You get a haircut or something. Something's different about you. Boof shows up. She also has a locker in the same vicinity. She's still very obviously mad at Scott for kind of ruining her night at the party. I'm fascinated. I'm intrigued that Pam, I don't know, does he give off a different musk now? I don't know. I, I, she, she definitely notices him where she didn't before. I, 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 it's intriguing. I like, I like that little thing. I don't know, maybe he's because he's more brooding today. He's like, oh, my dad didn't tell me about being a werewolf. And she's like, ooh, he's angry. I like him. <laughs> His hair's angry. a little little rougher, a yeah. little rougher around the edges. Who's to say? But she, she notices something. And then we get our first kind of uh, montage. We have Scott's in-class mm. montage, and everything has to do with wolves. <laughs> Latin class. They're learning about the story of twins being saved by a ow! wolf Which I, was, I, I hated that joke always even as a kid i was like that's lame yeah i didn't mind it as a kid nah. now i'll take it or leave it oh style shirt by the way he's wearing uh now he's wearing his what are you looking at dick nose shirt my favorite shirt love it <laughs> which as i said before he was uh he directed a few episodes of it's always sunny in philadelphia in one of the episodes he directed mac is wearing that shirt oh really yeah <laughs> I, I believe right. it's the episode bums making a mess all over the city the, the guy who played uh, Bob the Goon. Oh, yeah. He's in that episode as the homeless guy that they catch jerking, <laughs> off, jerking off in their alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Nicholson's real, real life pal. Uh, Tracy something is his name. I yeah, can't think of right you're now. right. Yep. So anyways, yeah. Latin class, the twins being saved by a wolf. English class, they're learning about a book by Thomas Wolfe. Wolf. That teacher looked familiar to me too. And I didn't bother looking him up, but I've seen him in other stuff, that guy. I, rec- I recognized him. I- Didn't for me. Now, now I want to pull up just while we're on the air here to see who was that guy and what do I know him from. He is in a bunch of stuff, including Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and Airplane. 
he's been in a ton of stuff. My guess is I know him as the clerk from the Mint Hotel in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's probably where I know him from most is my guess. Oh, yeah. There's another class where he's called to the chalkboard. And yeah, this is the science teacher again, played by Doris Hess. We know her from Overboard. But of course, it's that nervous thing of, you know, he gets called to the front of the class. He hasn't been paying attention because he's been like in his own brain all day. He doesn't know what he's doing. He gets nervous. His nervousness brings out his wolf claws. And so as he's trying to write in the chalkboard, he's like, oh, no, my, you can see my claws. And he runs from the classroom. Everyone's laughing at him. And I always like bringing up these spider webs that we weave. Doris, what was her name? She's in Overboard. Yeah, Doris with- Hess. We, we brought up Overboard in our last episode because... Um, oh, yeah. Jared Rushton. It's a, it's a good movie. Uh, we should watch that at some point, too. It wasn't formative for me as a child. I didn't see it until way, way later, but it is, is a good one. We get Michael J. Fox doing a comical running down a wet hallway. It wasn't until seeing this in, like, HD or, like, however it is on Hulu, but, like, the depth of the water in that hallway... It's like two inches deep of water. I'm like, holy cow, that hallway is flooded. It's not just that he just mopped. He just dumped 10 buckets of water down that hallway. It's all he did. It looks very viscous, too. So I wonder if if they added something to it to make it even more slick. Maybe just added a bunch of like dish soap in it, too. But talk about physical, not so much humor. It's not very humorous, but I do enjoy this sequence of him slipping and sliding through these halls. Oh, no, I remember on that tape we had of him, uh, of Teen Wolf off TV, uh, it was like, you know, the interstitial, like, you know, coming back to Teen Wolf, they would, like, show, like, a clip, like, getting you ready for, like, you know, don't forget, you're still watching Teen Wolf. And they would often show him sliding down the hallway, like, that cut of him, like, sliding past the dark hallway. Yep. He, like, gets back up and comes back down again. They would show that. So that image is burned in my brain forever, him doing that slide past that hallway. Don't forget, you're watching Teen Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) He gets to one bathroom where there's a nerd doing some graffiti with a red marker. So he goes to another bathroom that's like down these stairs. And again, like on the complete other side of the school, which is why the vice principal who spots him is like, you know, Scott, you're awfully far away from where you're supposed to be at this time of day. Well, what is the principal doing down in this (laughs) kind of hidden away bathroom that, that's, that's what a, i was wondering that that's his jerkin room it's two o'clock that's... i'm going to my jerkin room <laughs> all right so it wasn't just me no <laughs> uh but yeah so he kind of questioned scott he's like you know i he was like do you have a, a marker on you because obviously he just found the other bathroom with all that graffiti he's like i to make sure you scott whatever your name is aren't causing trouble let me see your hand and scott's like you know no 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 i can't my hands are my hands are claws right now he's like oh let me see him like finally they turn back to normal because he calmed himself down and the principal's just like, I got an eye on you, kid. And Scott leaves, and the principal then finds a clump of hair in the sink. Mm-hmm. So now we get the scene that you and I had not seen till college. Styles is looking for his brother's weed stash. He always keeps an extra one in here somewhere. I just got to find it. Scott wants to confess something to Styles. They both use the F word, uh, which is, you know, the, the bad slang F word, not, not fuck. We can say fuck. I'm just not going to say the other F word. <laughs> He's like, you know, no, I'm not an F word, but I'm a, I'm a werewolf. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Scott. And then he transforms for Styles. So here you, you were saying how we don't establish any rules. I think right now we do kind of establish the only rule that seems to be. Can you do that anytime you want? And Scott's like, well, I just did. So, yeah, there you go. He can it has, wolf it has out. Nothing to whenever. do with the full moon. Nothing to do with anything. If, if he can control it, he can just do it upon his own whim. 
I think he does say, though, like, sometimes he can't control it. Sometimes he kind of starts wolfing out. And at first, Styles is a little scared, but then suddenly he loves it. And he's like, you know, okay, okay, I can, I can work with this. We can market this. Uh, and then now that Scott has his dog nose, he can smell the weed and they can party. But now it's later in the afternoon. We're back at Scott's house where Boof is there playing one-on-one basketball with Scott's dad. Boof is just, like, making it clear, like, I will even hang out with your dad. Please make out with me. it's like a moment earlier too where the two of them are talking and she's like your dad is a good man yeah does she she have kind of a crush on both the howard men i was listening again to uh, we hate movies they did this uh, this movie and uh did you listen to them too i did listen to it i listened to it too they they have a whole running gag about how his dad wants to bang boof (laughs) (laughs) i can kind of maybe i can't unsee that now after listening to that podcast i was trying not to bring it up because i'm like they they already did that but at the same time yeah like you know he's he's very much like you know say boof huh scott get that boof you're gonna get get that boof huh (laughs) you better get that boof or else uh you know Uh, but yeah, so uh, Boof asks Scott to walk her home, and he's like, I just got here. And his dad's like, Scott, go make out with Boof. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Hampton moments. Scott. <laughs> and then, yeah, Scott's like then angry at his dad for fixing up. He's like, Dad, god damn it. Boof's like my sister. Like, no, she is not. Yes, you've known each other since you were kids, but she is not blood. Make out with her, Scott. I think he's starting to finally catch on. Again, as he's walking her home, he starts telling her about the girl he's pining for who's already taken. And then she like immediately changes the subject. She's like, hey, do you remember the time we ran away when we were five years old? It's a cute story where the, the parents didn't let them cross the street. You don't let kids cross the street. So they were too scared to cross the street. They just kept on circling around the block. Yeah. <laughs> Which then I wanted to just mention, like, my mother barely let me walk around the block at all because it was huge. And it would take you 25 minutes to do it. And she was not going to have, like be there be 10 minutes where she couldn't see me until i was much older she's like you do not walk around the block you can go you can cut through the creek and go to the other street where our friends lived but you can't walk around the block together you can cut through the backyard but do not walk around the block i didn't have a block to to walk around i, I was kind of a country boy i had woods i was to so say no i remember I that i kind of had my i kind of had my run of the woods i i i didn't have to stay within eyesight you know i could just Lots of lots of just going off and exploring. Yeah, building forts. Hiding playboys. Finding playboys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, but, yeah, but yeah, back to this. I, I, I want to mention too this shot. This is a really, really nice shot of them walking down the sidewalk. Deep, the camera just stays on them and they're walking towards and yeah, yeah. It's a very, very nice moment. Very cool. I like how Boof kind of pulls them in too after they're at the end of their talk she's like you know scott you can if there's anything going on you can tell me yeah also make out with me and he's like no not this time you just you just can't understand and i wrote dude if styles is cool with it i'm sure boof's gonna be cool with it fucking tell her she's not gonna care she still wants to get down with you she walks off disappointed and you can see the disappointment on him too he even kind of turns around like he wants to stop her a couple times Uh, and i wrote that uh, boof is taller than michael j fox when she pulls him in close, I'm like, ooh, she's a good inch taller than him. <laughs> <laughs> now we have another basketball game against the Military Academy School. Boof, Styles, Lewis, Tina, and Gina are all there to watch as usual. Pamela is also there reading lines. I don't know why she's not in rehearsal. Oh, because it's a scam, and he's busy that day. <laughs> <laughs> Styles is wearing a Drunken State Florida t-shirt. 
Well, I guess uh, Florida State Universities are known for party schools, I guess. I don't know. Don't know. The game starts, and Scott is immediately fouled. <laughs> exactly, exactly what I wrote. <laughs> uh, Pam makes... notices. Pam notices. She looks up from her scam of a script. Yeah, but just then, at the same time, Mick comes in to pick her up and take her away. And then uh, he steals the ball again and gets into a dog pile where he's at the bottom. And this Ooh, is where dog we... pile. Nice. Yeah, we we hear him start to growl again. I'm doing a terrible job. And uh, he turns into the werewolf in the middle of the game. And by turns into a a werewolf, I mean he turns into his basketball double. (laughs) Uh, Who is a guy named Jeff Glosser, who at the time was a college ball player. He's also a good four to five inches taller than Michael J. Fox. (laughs) It's so obvious he's a double because he is now comparable to the other players. (laughs) But as a kid, I, I bought it. As a kid, I didn't, I didn't even notice. I, I'm sure I didn't. Uh, but yeah, at a certain point, you're just like, you can't ignore that it's a completely different yeah. person. Everybody is just staring slack-jawed, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of dribbling the ball between his legs, backing up to the other end of the court, just looking at everybody like, what's going to happen here? Mm-hmm. Then he lets out this tribal yell and just charges char- charges down to the other end and slams slams the ball down yeah Slam and, dunk. I, and i wrote we get our first of many basketball montages is this where we get the uh the randy newman wannabe kind of yeah it kind of starts here and then it continues later on like they quick have that little scene where he go like he's won the game and they go to this like after school like hangout where the like pizza kids joint like pizza burgers and fries he's still the wolf he's now wearing a letter jacket pamela <laughs> sits down with him in his booth and he's the most popular guy in the school because he won the game he gets a free pizza and then someone hands him a beer which he then uh opens he bites into the can <laughs> with his fangs you get that cool shot of the, the two holes spurting foamy beer out in either direction uh, that was the, that was the most memorable thing too because that also was in like the you're still watching Teen Wolf was like him biting into the can. Like they use that over and over that shot. That is memorable. Yeah. And then, yes, and I, then it, then it jumps into the, you know, I'm, I'm popular at school montage with, as you said, the, the Randy Newman sound is so good. He's going to be popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is all wolf all the time now. Uber yeah. popular. Everyone wants um, to give him a high five. Everybody except Lewis. You can you can see Lewis kind of not wanting anything to do with him anymore. Yeah, he's just he's weirded out by the whole thing. He's on the front page of the school paper, which is where the drama teacher sees him. He's like, "Oh, if I had a, a wolf in my play, this would make this play so much better with a wolf." Plus, I'm gonna see Pamela in her underwear. <laughs> um, Basketball games are now a spectacle. The bleachers are just packed. Everybody's going. Cheerleaders have wolf routines. Yeah, the, the the beaver mascot has removed yeah. her head and now has a wolf head. He's getting there's A's grade and, school kids waiting outside for his autograph. Yeah, he, he's a uh, he's uh, getting A's in his science classes. Pamela likes him now that he's popular. It's all so great, but he's also now becoming a problem on the team because he starts stealing the ball from his own teammates and showboating and like basically playing the entire game by himself. Boof sees Scott in the halls one day, not, not as the wolf. It's kind of seems to be a rare sighting at this point. Yeah. Oh, good to see you again. I've been missing my friend. We see styles selling teen wolf (laughs) shirts now. Yeah. That was a big old jinx right there. (laughs) (laughs) 
and uh, yeah, he's like got t-shirts. He tosses one to Boof, and uh, she's gonna take it at first, but then uh, Pamela walks over to tell Scott that the director wants him to be in the play, and, uh, and that he won't interfere with his basketball. And Boof's like, obviously, you're into this shit. Here, Pamela, take this shirt. It's too big for me anyway. Basically, <laughs> a, a way to say, hey, Pamela, your fat tits will fit in this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I lost my notes because it fat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Now we just uh, smash well, speaking cut. of fat tits. Yes. I was a smash cut to her doing her Southern Belle terrible <laughs> accent. You can murder my family. You can ravage my body. But I beg you with all that is decent and holy, please don't burn down my plantation. Jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. <laughs> <laughs> And then Scott enters as the evil wolf soldier. What, what? He's, yeah, he's a Union soldier <laughs> saying, you know, Sergeant, I want you to burn down the fields and then burn down the house. But my note here was the director was about to cream his jeans when uh, she said, you can ravage my body. But then Scott comes out just as the wolf and delivers his lines poorly, which then makes the guy lose his erection. <laughs> Hey, Jay Fox does a good job of bad acting here. He I, does. He does. It, it, uh, I just in and out of my head was like an example of bad acting, and now it's totally gone. I don't remember what it was. Uh, like you saying that, I was like, oh, there's a great example of someone doing terrible acting. And I was like, nope, already gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I know a few too, and none are coming to mind right now. But oh, I know no. this. No, no, the perfect one. Just waiting for Guffman. All of Catherine O'Hara and everyone in oh, that just yeah. delivering the worst play ever. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, yes, yes. California Everybody. will be a sight for these weary eyes. <laughs> <laughs> she is amazing. Uh, but now we're backstage. Rehearsal's done. Scott's still in costume, even though she is completely undressed. Like, he had that one line for one scene but he stayed in costume until she finished her one woman play, which I don't know how long it goes on after that scene. <laughs> I, I, it might just be that one scene. I don't know why she's always studying her lines. You only have four lines to know. Yeah. And she's got like a pretty decent sized script. And at some point I noticed this only because I know how they make movies. At some point she's got a script that's got like four different colored pages in it. So I think mm. that's just her shooting script for Teen Wolf with all the new pages that have come in. Because when you get new pages where they've changed the script, it's a new color. So you know that it's the new stuff. And she has that in her script. There are several different color pages. So I think she just has her shooting script for Teen Wolf as her prop. <laughs> <laughs> or are we getting a backstory to Mr. Lolly? He is uh, blacklisted Hollywood, has been. I and he, he's getting more and more erotica. Like, here, no, no we're going to make it yes. sexy. Sexier. These are the new lines I've written for you now that I've been inspired by you and my spank bank. And now I have a wolf. I'm, I'm, get, I'm gonna ride this back to Hollywood. Scott's backstage. Pamela's already in her bra and underwear. Just relax. We're all one big happy family here in the theater. That's true, because in the theater you are family, but you don't want to fuck your family is all I'll say. <laughs> was was this edited out of the tv this no. might have been was no. this in the tv version Th this all was because you don't see her breasts at all this was completely all in the television version you don't see any breasts but man somebody playing a teen and i know she wasn't but supposed to be a teen in her total underwear looking all nice she could be 18 she's fine she's but yeah, definitely fine she she 
got some basically fat like boobs. sits in his lap, removes her bra, and just basically like asks. She's like, you know, what does it take to turn you into the wolf kind of thing? He's like, well, I have to get angry or I can get worked up or something. She's like, how is this doing as far as like working you and getting you worked up? And uh, we cut away as they like lay back onto. She takes her top off. Yeah, I said I thought I said that she takes her top off. Uh, and Maybe yeah, she, you did. I'm sorry. She she seduces him and we cuts it, the exterior of the building where we see the vice principal walking to his car and we hear the wolf howl and we understand that means, uh, that means orgasm. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So he lost his virginity to, to his dream girl. But question is, does he have a dude stick or is he doing a red rocket? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Does it? <laughs> it, it? Apparently, it doesn't matter to her. It would matter to me if I were the girl and I saw that coming at me. I'd be like, "Uh, no, thank you, no, thank maybe you." Maybe it, maybe it does matter to her. Maybe she's into it because that she's all about the wolf. She she's really likes dogs. Scott. She really likes dogs. She should, she's into bestiality. Uh, she she should watch. Uh, Is this bestiality? Ah, uh, no, because he can consent. Animals cannot. Well, if he's got a man dick, then. But what if he's got a red rocket? Uh, but I was saying at the same time, like the, the whole a big part of what bestiality is wrong is because you can't get a con- animal's consent. He can consent. It's just a matter of if she's comfortable with a red rocket or not. This yes, in this in this world, yes, he can consent. A normal werewolf, I don't know if they could consent. They're definitely definitely not the one from a werewolf in London. That thing would just eat her alive. Well, that's no, true. With no thought. Anyways, later in the day, he and Pamela are now at the local bowling alley. He's still a wolf, and she's wearing the Teen Wolf shirt that Booth gave her. Mick is also at the bowling alley. Uh, and at some point, Scott's like, did you know he was going to be here? And she just completely ignores it. I'm sure she did No, know. no, she's like, don't ruin it. Don't ruin this night. Yeah, I, I'm sure this is all just to like get Mick worked up so that he can like rail her later with anger. This is all just like, <laughs> we're just teasing Mick so he can like take out his aggression on her. And she loves it. Yeah, what is, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a very odd relationship, her and Mick. She's bowling poorly on purpose, probably. So that Scott will like, you know, get all up in her, you know, let me show you how you do it. And grinding his crotch into her butt, et cetera. Mick no, comes she wasn't over. worried about bowling at all. She was just sticking her ass in, in Scott's face, basically. Yeah. And then, yeah. Again, and, I, he's a, and he's a wolf too. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but he's wolf. So he's totally getting, totally getting sent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Wow. Just... <laughs> he, he, can, he can smell every inch of pussy in that place. I'm sorry I took it there. Oh. Um, yeah, so Mick comes over, and again, this is, I don't know how to take this. He says he's not afraid of Scott, as he's dealt with your kind before, being werewolves. He says, your mom was in our yard stealing chickens from our coop, so I took her head off with a shotgun. Right, Scott? And so, like, again, like, they never actually say it, like, was his mother killed by a shotgun blast to the face and was excused as, like, an accident? Was she also a werewolf or was his dad the werewolf? Or did they, the two werewolves find each other and then have a werewolf kid? They don't tell us these things. And it's just like, I don't know. It's really unclear. Did Mick kill somebody and go to jail for it? We don't know because they never actually tell us. I smell a prequel. We need these answers. <laughs> we don't. But Scott gets really- but, but yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's very gray, very undefined. 
Um, and then fucked hints. up too. We get hints, and I guess it doesn't really doesn't really matter to this story. No, it's it's you know that Mick is goading him on whether it's true or not. It helps him lose his temper, in which he then mm-hmm. like throws a bowling ball across the way, and everyone kind of stops, like, "Hey, that's not cool, man." Yeah, you don't see where the ball goes, but you hear just everybody gasping. Oh, oh. obviously, like a bowling ball flying across the room. Jeez. Yeah, he he kills the mood and then walks Pamela home. Pamela apologizes for Mick. But he is still my boyfriend. And he's like, well, I mean, he was. Like, we had sex today, so now I'm your boyfriend. She's like, uh, no, we're not boyfriend mm. and girlfriend. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, she's gotten, she got the red rocket. She's, she's good now. Yeah, she took she's his going, virginity. Going boy- but she's making it very clear, like, I'm going to be with Mick. He's going to be my date at dance. This was fun. Thanks a lot. But it meant nothing to me. Cold-hearted. She's shallow and wanted to be with the popular guy or wants to be with the, the best basketball player. That's why she's with Mick because he's on a winning team and he's obviously like the point guard or whatever for that team. Yeah, and wanted nothing to do with Scott until she saw everybody adoring him and then kind of shoved her way past everybody to sit next to him. Mm-hmm. Just, just wanting to be popular. I just want to be popular and I want you to ravage my body. <laughs> Uh, it's another basketball game, but Scott, as the wolf, is winning without his teammates once again. So much so that Chubby can eat an apple during the game because his presence is unimportant. And we haven't mentioned the name Chubby. Just how terrible. <laughs> yeah. How, really, really lame writing, Jeff Loeb. Yeah, it's like uh, in the Monster Squad, there's Fat Kid. And this is like, come on, you, you couldn't have thought of something better. Like, Chunk chunk works. I don't know why Chunk works, but Chunk works. I thought of that, too. And even Chunk is a little borderline, but it's... it's. I, I do like... It's he a, will call him Chubbs. And I, I like Chubbs better than Chubby. Kind of like Chunk is better than Chunky. Hey, yeah. Chunky. Hey, Chunk. is better, like Sounds well, nicer never, than Hey, Chunky. I never thought about that. Chunky. That's where Chunk comes from. Yeah, he's a, he's a Chunky kid. Cruel, cruel 80s children. But yeah, I, I, it, is, it is funny how he can just, he's eaten during the game. Like nobody, they're all just phoning it in. Why even, why even bother? And then yeah, we're in the locker room and uh, he, Chubby and other guy on a basketball team. I think they yeah. say his name later on is Brad, but to me, he's always just the other guy on the team who has lines, who is not an important enough character for us to know his name. But they're like, but you know, he's oh. not happy with the wolf. Yeah, they're both just like, man, we're gonna be in the playoffs. We don't even get to play the game, and then we get another great coach. What's his name? Line. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you play the game. It's whether you win or lose, and even that doesn't make all that much difference. <laughs> coach Bobby Finstock. <laughs> and then Scott gets snubbed by his teammates, and he asks his coach, "Well, what's their problem?" And then Bobby Finstock gives three more golden pieces of advice. He's like, well, there's three rules that I live by. One, never get less than 12 hours of sleep. Two, never play cards with a guy who has the same name as a city. And three, never go near a lady who's got a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Great game. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, coach. And it's a pretty good gag. Somehow I feel like it could have been done better. Like he really is going to give some good like he like scott let me give you some really good advice but then it's just like garbage advice it's it is that but i feel like it could have been just slightly better personally i laughed out loud <laughs> no, I, <laughs> when, I, no when, I, he, when he got to the third one i just it, it kind of built and then just when the all three of them were so lame i i was like 
<laughs> I, I guess the, the build is what I I would prefer if he had like again like done like a really good story kind of thing leading up to like a point that doesn't have anything to do with being selfish and I just <laughs> kind of like so what was the point of that I don't know <laughs> what were we talking about <laughs> that's all that's all Scott leaves school and Styles meets him in his new Wolfmobile slash UPS truck because that's what it looks like or like maybe an old ice cream truck. We got beautiful new paint job with Wolfmobile on the side. Scott's uh, Scott, not too excited, but but he's excited he enough. With to, hey, let's go pick up Lewis. And Styles is like, uh, you should know. Like Lewis is like you're you're weirding him out with all this stuff. He really doesn't know how to deal with you, so he's not going to be hanging out with us for a little while. Yeah, another again. I like that little storyline. Not. But I wrote, it's never really resolved. We don't really get a a resolution to that. They they don't have that resolution of like, hey, man, you were really freaking me out. Hey, Lewis, I'm sorry I freaked you out. It was getting to my head. I'm so sorry. They don't have that resolution. That's true. They don't have like an on the nose. They don't have like a scene where they have that resolution. But I I guess I kind of feel there's a resolution. Maybe it is kind of weak in the basketball game when Scott wins as himself and, and Lewis is celebrating. But yeah, like I mean, that's that's just that's the whole story is him playing by himself. Like it kind of gets they, they set up, up all this stuff thing. about Lewis being uncomfortable, but then they never like have a conversation about that. I always it was like that's, yeah. that's really where they set up so much, and then they don't resolve that. I, yeah, I don't mean to fight you on it. I, I I would like that scene definitely. I mean, you're gonna get more Matt Adler, which you love. Exactly. Let's let's yeah. <laughs> let's reshoot. <laughs> Um, but now with uh, his new van, Styles wants to go street surfing again. And as he's about to climb on top of the van, we have a cool gag where Michael J. Fox is, has changed instantly. into the wolf instantly and grabs him by the pants and says, these waves are mine. <laughs> and they used play the exact same Beach Boys surfing USA again because they paid for the song, damn it, and they're going to use it as many times as they can. It is just occurring to me right now. I not a great movie, but I do like the look of Michael J. Fox's werewolf. I, I do I do like especially that moment where he's like, These waves are mine. I, I like the looks that he gives, the makeup looks looks cool. There for, for what it, it is. I like there are aspects of it I don't like like I don't like how long his body hair is. Mm. Like, I wish that was maybe a little shorter, but like the hair in his arms and his legs is so long. He looks more like it Chewbacca is. than he looks like a wolf. And yeah, like, I was thinking why? ape, but yeah, Chewbacca. Yeah, or sure. like, but like he, yeah, he has like a, he has like a orangutan, like long yeah. fur. I'm like, why does a wolf doesn't have hair like that? A wolf has like short fur like a dog. <laughs> and thick, thick and matty like this. You can even see like the flesh underneath. Yeah, well, they, they want to suffocate a basketball player, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they play some more Surfing USA. He's doing backflips and the handstands on the back of this truck. And then is Styles drinking and driving? Because he throws that can out at the hardware store, which again, also, if you're trying to avoid getting caught by Scott's dad, don't throw an empty beer can at his store. But I think <laughs> it's a beer can. It's the same thing that Michael J. Fox handed earlier, that silver can. I think he's drinking and driving. <laughs> I, I thought it was a soda can, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Mm. I'm assuming it's a beer he threw at the hardware store, which Scott's dad finds immediately. Yeah, he sees it. He walks out just in time to see Scott doing a handstand. 
<laughs> I like how he says that in the next scene. Yeah, I, I saw you, unless that was another werewolf doing a handstand on top of Styles' wolfmobile and making a fool of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his, his dad is not pleased. Yeah, he's back at home now. His dad's giving him shit for missing work the past couple of days. And then he's kind of like, you know, you know, Scott, I think this is all kind of getting to your head. You know, when I was young, I thought I was hot shit with this stuff too. So much so that when your mother had this other suitor, your vice principal, Mr. Thorne, who, in case you didn't know why he hates you, this is why he hates you, he started kind of getting aggressive with her. So I got aggressive with him and I turned into the wolf and I nearly ripped his throat out and the guy lost all of his bodily functions. And so like I lost control and I realized that was a problem. I don't want you to lose control either, Scott, because like I know you think you have this shit handled, but I don't think you do. Yeah, he tells Scott, I'm not sure who was more afraid that night, me or him. Get it get it under control, son. Yeah. Uh, but Scott's kind of kind of blows it off. It's the next day, and Boof is waiting on the front porch to take Scott to school again in this full-on purple outfit. I like her top. Her pants don't quite match in color tone, and they're just. It, the, I, just I wrote yikes those pants. <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, she, she was purple head to toe. She was wearing a purple blouse, a purple sweater vest, and purple pants with purple socks. I noticed the the top. I noticed the top. I I can't even picture the pants though. Yeah, I think they're like corduroy. Anyway, mm. they walk to school. She's uh, always there, though, right? She's always not leaving his side. No, She's still she, there. She asks if he has plans for the dance. He says no. He asks her if she wants to go. and She's like, I'll think about it. But on the <laughs> condition that if we do go, you go as yourself and not as the wolf. Because I don't want to go with the wolf. And he's like, I can't. Everybody expects the wolf. Everybody loves the wolf. And then this is kind of the whole allegory of the movie of how it's hard to be popular and whether or not people like you for you or if or what you represent if it's like it's 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 me scott or it's me scott is the party animal like no they enjoy you because you're the party animal they don't like you as you like if you just been as you yeah of course there's that fear that people won't like you but that's the risk of being popular yeah so i guess that's what the movie is saying be yourself don't be don't be fake uh, and then we get the staying alive ripoff because this is not <laughs> staying alive. This is close to it. This is this is staying afloat. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Staying afloat. Staying afloat. <laughs> <laughs> staying afloat. But it's it's really just so they can like match the shots of Travolta like putting on his jacket and doing the hair dryer shot from Saturday Night Fever. It's just for those gags. So stupid, but I I love the hair dryer. <laughs> yeah, no, and I thought he looked cool as a kid, and then it wasn't until years later because I I still have never seen Saturday Night Fever, but I've seen tons of clips for it. But yeah, like, and then there's this weird thing where he's in the shot, and then he he like dissolves away, but the, we're still in the bathroom, like he fades into nothing. That was a really weird choice in editing. Yeah, I guess it didn't even it didn't even dawn on me until. Is that what he says? She's right. You are an animal. Ah! Yeah, he, he does his howl, and then he fades one of my into nothing. Lines. He fades into nothing. Kid. Yeah, that's strange. I didn't even that didn't even occur to me. What the? F- and yes, he arrives at the school dance, which is in the gym, so you know it smells because they've been playing basketball, <laughs> sweaty, sweaty, sweaty basketball games in there. But we had our dances in the school gym too, for the most part, except except for yeah. like Tommy, where we went somewhere fancy. But everything else was in the gymnasium. Yeah, he's got a school dance in Back to the Future, a school dance in this movie. I love how he walks in like all wolf pimp, nods to the DJ, and he's got his own like walk up music pr- prepared. Yeah, I thought that was so crazy. He like <laughs> one, I'm surprised the DJ can see him over the crowd. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Little tiny Michael J. Fox, <laughs> like you know, he's like 
like a furry hand come up. He's like, oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, the music like fades out. They put in this like jam where like everyone just has to clap along as he slowly walks through the crowd. And uh, we see everyone. We see Styles. We see Tina and Gina. I love their outfits in this. They have like little like glasses on sticks kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that was great. Uh, we see Lewis. Lewis like he's like you know not really give. He's like looks at Scott, but like also doesn't want to look at Scott. So we mm-hmm. get that they're still kind of not cool. And then we get to Boof in this pink dress, which always reminded me of Lorraine's dress in Back to the Future. Oh. They're both like you know kind of uh, I don't know what kind of top you call it a tube top kind of thing. Yeah. Um, with strapless no, with, yeah strapless is a strapless pink dress with a skirt and it just it always kind of evoked that same look to me of Lorraine's dress she's so cute she's no, so she looks cute. fucking she's, hot she looks yeah. hot in this yeah dress. and the way she's kind of bobbing back and forth oh no she 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 is giving him a look like so we're doing this mm-hmm. we're doing yeah, this like, like right now because mm-hmm. like I can do this right now <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, and yeah, yeah, and then he's like, uh, "You see, you still want to dance with me, even uh, even if I'm the wolf." And she agrees. Uh, as he's asking her, like the music is stopped, and everyone's just around him, going, "Woo, woo, 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 woo." <laughs> she agrees, and then he again like starts to dance, and then the music kicks in, and this is like this choreographed. It's like this, like, like Michael Jackson thriller, like you know, hands up, claws, hands up, claws, because I'm a wolf, rar. And then total yeah, like, thriller ripoff, yeah. Very much a ripoff, and then yes, very much a, a choreographed dance where everyone everybody like, knows the moves, knows and like it becomes this big stupid conga line throughout the dance <laughs> where everyone's like in a row doing this stupid dance to this weird song about like. Oh, if you took the like, lyrics, you don't look you. like grandma. So but keeps talking about grandma. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, give me the lyrics. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. I didn't even bother because okay. they, they sounded so nuts. I was like, if you wrote them down, good for you. Because I was like, these lyrics sound insane and I can't even well, bother to write these down. <laughs> well, hold on, because the final basketball game, I did write down some of the lyrics. I Those did are that too, hog because wild. they just keep repeating. Like, there's like the, the, there's like the verses, which I didn't bother with, but the chorus, they just keep saying like the same four words over and over again. I, I, wrote, down a, I wrote down a verse... I had the subtitles on and I think it was not understanding them properly. So it was probably a little bit ridiculous song, a little bit misinterpretation mm-hmm. I can <laughs> from see the that. subtitles, but we'll get there. We'll get there. It's golden. Yeah. So Booth pulls him out of the conga line and they go out of the gym and then she pounces on him. I wrote, we get a quick scene of Pamela goading on Mick. Cause like when he first came into the dance, he was like, Hey Pamela, save a dance for me. And she's like, no thanks i have to ask my escort and he's like get the fuck out of here loser and so then like later on she's like all i said was that i might want to dance with him and he says not unless you plan on having his puppies and then she (laughs) smiles this knowing smile because he's disgusted (laughs) with the idea of her having sex with anyone else let alone a dog boy and she (laughs) knowing that she's already had that red rocket and that it's going to drive mick insane when he finds out That's hilarious. Yeah, everybody is having a great time here except for Mick and Pam. They are they are <laughs> really bringing down the mood. Everybody's dancing. They're just standing there. And she's wearing crossed. a black dress, which like would look cute, but yeah. like, it looks like they just came from a funeral, both of them. They do. Yeah, they both look like exactly. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, he just looks pissed off all the time. Oh, he is. Yeah. We're back in the hallway. Scott has calmed down after kissing Boof. He's now back to himself. She unwolfed him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's usually getting him worked up wolfs him out, but here she it has the opposite effect. Yeah, he's he's like he's feeling calm. Calming. He's like, oh, yeah. I, I like this. This is nice. I get to be me with Boof. It's a cue, Michael J. Fox. Anyway, um, <laughs> they go back in. She asks that he stay himself for at least a half an hour so they can have a good time of the dance together. You come we back haven't in. mentioned also that Thorn, Mr. Thorn, we, we get little snippets of him kind of watching from the shadows. Yeah, he's just a piece of shit. <laughs> he's supposed to be. But they go back into the dance and immediately Mick walks up and just punches Scott in the face. Well, he sees that he's not the wolf, I think. So he's like, okay, here's, here's my shot. I know yeah. I, can, I can't take the wolf, but I can take Scott. Stay away from Pamela. She's mine because I own property and that being her. Uh, and just <laughs> stick with your own kind like Boof. And then he calls Scott a freak. And that's when Scott then charges no, in he calls Boof a tramp. And that's when he flips out. Oh, I missed that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stick to your own kind like that tramp. Ooh, which, uh, why he would call Boof a tramp, I don't know. He, he, he doesn't go to the school, so he doesn't know if she's promiscuous. And we know she's not promiscuous, so what the fuck, dude? I guess to keep it PG rated, yeah, they couldn't. I guess. That, that was the dirtiest they could get. Uh, but yes, yeah, so then, yes, Scott immediately turns over to the wolf, charges at Mick, claws at his shirt, nearly, you know, rips his throat out too. And then uh, we see Chubbs and others holding Mick back as he continues to call Scott a freak. Scott's kind of looking around at everyone at the dance is horrified. Lewis, especially, is looking at his face like, this is why we don't hang out anymore. <laughs> Were they horrified? I think they should have been horrified, but I felt like the crowd was laughing. Like, as soon as his shirt rips open, everybody kind of starts laughing. Lewis isn't. Lewis, Lewis is definitely terrified, but I feel like there was laughing. I, I couldn't quite figure it out. Maybe people were laughing that Mick got humiliated, got his shirt That's, got ripped. I guess. But then, like, you see, like, yeah, like, Styles and Lewis both are kind of, like, stone-faced, like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, dude. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you humiliated Mick, but, like, dude, that wasn't fucking cool. <laughs> I also noticed uh, Mick has a shitty tattoo on his ribcage. Did you see his shitty tattoo? No, I didn't. It, I mean, no. it looks like it could be a bruise, but it looks like it's, a, it's like a, a tattoo right here. Um, wow. But it, it's not well defined. Like it looks just like a really shitty tattoo that they tried to cover up with makeup. But it looks like he has like a dragon or something here on his on his rib cage. But yeah, so the Scott leaves the dance. The vice principal quickly follows and is like, you know, oh, this little violent outburst is just what I've been waiting for, Sonny. I'm gonna mm. kick you out of this school. You're gonna be out of my hair. And uh, immediately his dad arrives. And he's like, Scott, go home. I'll take care of this. Yeah, and Dad kind of backs Thorn up against the lockers and and threatens him. He's basically like, "Hey, my son's going through some stuff right now. You need to back off." And he growls at him, mm-hmm. and then uh, they both look down, and the Mister Thorn has filled his pants once again. And then uh, the dad slaps him on the shoulder and goes, "I knew I could count on you, Rusty." <laughs> <laughs> James Hampton, he gets some good moments. He does. Uh, now we're in the dress rehearsal for this <laughs> for awful what they are, show. For this terrible movie. Sorry, what's that? Sorry. I said we're now in dress rehearsals for this awful one-woman show. Then mm-hmm. I'm again, I'm not convinced it's nothing more than some kind of grift for a lecherous teacher to spend time with a dumb, attractive girl who has no sexual scruples. <laughs> <laughs> she will fuck anything, including dog dick. Um, <laughs> Scott comes out not as the wolf, and the director insists we, we pause. He's like, now, now, Scott, you see, uh, no one wants to see you. Uh, so no wolf, no part. Got it? 
<laughs> Again, I really like that actor. I really like his his delivery. Very cool, interesting, odd choices. No, he he made good choices. Like, they're over the top, but they work in this movie for his character. Like, yeah. like again, he's probably one of my favorite parts of this movie is this this over the top drama teacher who just wants to sleep with Pamela. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite parts are like these little bit parts. Bobby Finstock, the coach, and then Mr. Lally, the 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 director. Hurt me, hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, darling. Hurt me, hurt me. So Scott quits the play. He goes. He's talking with Booth. He says he's going to give up the wolf too, and he's quitting the basketball team. And he says all this four hours before they're supposed to start their finals game. Yeah, Styles happens to overhear this. He's like, "Don't do this. You can't do. You can't quit now." Come on, Scott, do the right thing. That's all I want to do, Styles. That's all I want to do. Right thing. The right thing is for me either to not play or to play as myself. And I, I, I can't do the wolf anymore. I'm sorry. The movie's most poignant moment, perhaps. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's the big game. Scott has, for some reason, missed the entire first period. They're playing the Dragons once again. This, they're two minutes away from the first period ending. The score is 3-22, to 22, Dragons in the lead. Scott finally walks in. The sil- a, a, a silence falls over the crowd. The team, <laughs> what are, these, these guys got to get their story straight. They were pissed at him for being the wolf, but now they're pissed at him for not being there and causing them to lose so badly. What do you guys want? Yeah, the coach walks over. He's like, hey, Scott, where's the wolf? And Scott's like, I'm going to play, but I'll play it myself. He's like, okay, but we're going to get our brains beaten, you know. thank you for being such a positive uh, reinforcement in my life coach (laughs) and there's this weird edit where suddenly like it's as if they've been playing for a minute but like michael j fox is now immediately sweaty in the face and out of breath he's like come on guys like we can do this as a team we don't need the wolf anymore and it's like (laughs) you just walked in completely dry and then within two seconds as we change the camera angles he's now drifting in sweat like come on guys this is let's do this it's very humid in that gym. There's yeah. no AC. But uh, as they start the game again, Chubbis has got the ball, and Mick yells, shoot it, fat boy. And then he does, and he makes it. And that we get more basketball montage as the Beavers continue to win the game. Yet another montage, and a yet another terrible, weird 80s song. I had to write these lyrics down. This is just some sample lyrics. I stood empty-handed. I could see her stranded. Watching all the other seagulls soar, I'll sell you out. Twisting bread into the rock, is it suicide or fantasy? (laughs) Win in the end. I've got to win in the end. Over and over and over. Win in the end. I've got to win in the end. Uh, and then yeah, we get the this cute little exchange between like throughout the montage we see Mick keeps performing horrible fouls against the team. Yes, it's, he it's would a, have gotten tossed. Oh he yeah, he should have gotten tossed many times. These are flagrant fouls. Yeah. So at some point uh, he hits Michael J. Fox again, and Michael J. Fox is like getting up and he's laughing. He's like, "What's so funny, dork?" He's like, "That's your fourth foul, Mick. One more, and you're out of there. Like, so keep it up, and you're not even playing the game anymore, asshole." <laughs> Even though you should have been tossed out a quarter ago. Plus, I think, isn't it like by the fourth foul, you are out? <laughs> no, no. I don't, I can't remember how it is in other leagues, but I think NBA is six. Oh, geez. Wow. I think it's six. College might be five. It's, I, I, I was on the JV squad, but I don't remember. 
It was definitely I, more than four. I thought in high school it was four is what I thought it was. That's why I was Maybe like, it was. It's been a long time. That's why I was like, maybe it's a fifth maybe one? That's weird. It's like in my mind, it was like, I thought it was with four. You're just, you're out of there after four. But I could And be it's wrong. been a long time since I've followed basketball. So I might even, don't quote me on the six, but I'm pretty sure it's six in the NBA. It doesn't matter how many fouls because they allow Mick to stand there. They wouldn't do that in a game either. No, but at that point, it's like a, <laughs> at that point, they have three seconds in the game. So, like, yeah, they force him off of the court. So, like, the court is clear to this point. We get, uh, is this Matthew Fox? They would never let anybody stand under the basket like, like and, Mick and does. stare intimidatingly. <laughs> yeah. No way. I love that they let it happen. It, it's very dramatic. It yeah, works, it but not real. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the score is 50 Beavers, 51 Dragons. And with uh, this foul, he's got two shots to make. And so, yeah, it's a personal foul, we're to assume, because they clear the court. And also, there's three seconds left, so they can't do anything, even if there is a rebound. He makes his first shot, they're tied. And then mirroring the very first shot of the movie, where he makes his free throw and misses, now he makes it and it goes in. Hooray! I had a moment here. I'm not, I don't have like an editor's brain, but if I was editing this moment, I would have just stuck on Mick's face and Scott's face. Don't even show the ball. Just show their reaction. Maybe the sound effect of the ball bouncing around up there, but just seeing Mick's surrender, just his eyes close. Mm -hmm. He knows he's lost. That's it's so great. It is great. (laughs) And uh, the music kicks in. I don't remember it being good music at all. (laughs) Again, the music of this movie is terrible. Forgettable. But Scott's raised on the shoulders of his teammates as his chubs. Mick goes over to Pamela, like, let's blow this popsicle stand. And she walks away from him. She's got her laser focus on Scott because he's the winner of the game. (laughs) But as Scott gets put down right in front of her, she's like, you know, smiling like, hey there, Scott. He just blows by her, pushes her aside, and immediately makes out with Boof because they're (laughs) meant to be together. And why wouldn't you want to have sex with a girl like Boof? I agree. Uh, and I wrote, while they're still in high school, they probably are screwing all the time. But who knows when they come back from college, like Thanksgiving, Christmas break, they're probably still hooking up once in a while. You've, you've thought about this. I had nothing thinking. else. I was late at night last night. I was just like, oh, <laughs> I came back from school. I'm like, you know, hey, I had this experience. Yeah, me too. You want to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're together forever. That's they a nice lived thought. happily ever after. He took over the hardware store. And she hated him for it. <laughs> you were going to leave this town, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you had dreams. We can't get out of here without talking about this last shot. Of yes, the, 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 the film. infamous last shot of Teen Wolf where uh, everyone's coming down off of the bleachers in the gymnasium. Scott's hugging his dad and he's hugging Boof and they're all kissing. And above them in the bleachers is a person. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. But you see that they're all you see is waist down. down. You see, you see waist, waist down. down. So that's someone's, what you're focused on. Someone's jeans are spread wide open, and they quickly kind of close them and try to zip her up quickly. Uh, for years, there was a rumor that uh, some guy was flashing his dick out of the camera just for fun. Like that Before was his... the high definition days, it was hard to tell. You could tell that the fly was open, but you were, oh, yeah. his junk is there? Okay, yeah. I'll believe you. Uh, but yeah, so there was this rumor that it was this person who's had their penis out. And in, you can see it now, and they confirmed it in like some kind of thing. The person was wearing like high-waisted jeans, and they got uncomfortable sitting on these bleachers for so many hours. So they undid their pants to be more comfortable, which, heck, I would do it if I was sitting there mm-hmm. for 12 hours and my jeans were digging into me. When they're like, you know, okay, now everyone stand up and come down. They're like, oh, shit, I forgot my pants are still undone. That's all it was. <laughs> 
and I even read that it was a it was an, a female too. It wasn't even a guy. That's, that's what I read too. So last time I was watching, I was like really trying to look like is that a woman's body? Like it looks like they might have breasts. It's hard to tell because they're wearing a sweater. Yeah, I couldn't even. I I I could see maybe belly button. I couldn't tell if it was a male or a female figure, but yeah, I could see like that looked kind of like female under undies, panties, yeah. perhaps. But yeah, but, but yeah for why, years, was, why, why did they have right, to... for years? We 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 all, we all were like, dude. Have you seen the dude's yeah. stick in Teen Wolf? Have you seen the dude's stick in Teen Wolf? And everyone's like, yeah, dude, there's the guy's dick. And now you see it in high def. No, there's, there's no genitals. It's, like, it's a shirt that's tucked into jeans, and the jeans are just open. It's like the guy hanging himself in The Wizard of Oz, which is it's just an ostrich. Or uh, the ghostly boy in Three Men and a Baby that's really just the Ted Danson <laughs> yeah. stand-in that we'd yeah. already seen in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's another good one. <laughs> yeah. All those little Mandela effects of people like, you know, oh man, mm-hmm. they for sure said this and that. Like, no, they didn't. Urban like, myths. Like, like Back to the Future. Everyone always assumed the old lady says, don't stop or we'll die. So much so that Paul Rust has his band called Don't Stop or We'll Die based on that. But everyone now knows, at least, you know, I've commented that she says, don't stop Wilbur Drive. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it, right? Well, I was just going to say, why did they choose that shot? Did they just not have time to have another shot? Why, why did they end the movie with that shot of somebody zipping their pants back up? Because they probably they... didn't notice it until they were in the editing bay. By that point, it's <laughs> late. Yeah. Wow. What a note to end on. <laughs> and then uh, the only other note I grabbed from IMDb that we hadn't covered was that originally in the script, Scott was going to start the final game as the werewolf, but then come out at like halftime yeah. as himself. Uh, but the director decided to just have him play the whole game as himself. Like, let's not even bother with that. Let's just do it this way. But he still misses the first period, which is so weird. But we should give this our ratings. And since this was your choice, uh, I ask that you give your ratings first, sir. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, childhood, watched many, many times. Loved it. Loved it as a kid. Didn't, didn't have a single issue with it <laughs> as a kid. I loved every bit of it. The, the van surfing especially was super cool to me. I loved Styles. I loved Matt Adler, Michael J. Fox, obviously. So I'll give it a 2.5. As an adult... I, I wish I could say it was more fun than it was. I enjoyed it, but not going to be rewatching it anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll give it a one. I'll give it a one. It had its moments. Good cast. Yeah. How about you? How about you? It's funny. I, I am a half a step above you for each. So as a kid rating, I gave it a three because I, it was very rewatchable. It had Michael J. Fox, which I loved. And yeah, I liked Styles. I thought he was funny. And they had like some sexy stuff. It's like horny little kid. I like sexy stuff. Thanks to the secret of my success. I was very early on like, <laughs> ooh, sex is the thing I want. Mine was Pamela Anderson, by the way. Uh, you must have been pretty old then when that happened. No, no. She, she, I, I, I found the Playboy that she was in. So that was, I was a, probably 12-ish. 13-ish, because yeah, no, she was a playmate I, around 91. But I'm saying, I was, a, I was a five-year-old who wanted to have sex. Okay, yeah, you were early. Yeah, I wasn't, <laughs> I, I wasn't that early. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was a late bloomer. Okay, <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, as, an, so I get, as a kid, I gave it a three, because uh, it was very rewatchable. As a, an adult, I'm giving it a 1.5. Like, it, it's, it doesn't really hold close. up. It's got a few jokes that I like. It's still got some nostalgia stuff for me. Michael J. Fox is still great. I do love Styles' style. And mm-hmm. again, Tina and Gina, this time around, I was like, ooh, I really like their new wave 80s look. I would totally want to hang out with them. So yeah, three as a kid, 1.5 as an adult. 
And you know what? Just right now for Bobby Finstock, I'm going to give it another 0.5. So I'll go 1.5 as well. Nice. <laughs> nice. And I don't really have any other final thoughts. Did you? No, no. That's, that, I think, is Teen Wolf, ladies Fantastic. and gents. And so course, that just brings us to the next pick. The next buddy. pick is mine. And I'm going to do this thing where you describe a movie poorly and that it, it sounds insane when you describe it. And I'll have you try and guess what it is. It's going to be fairly obvious, though. A cop and an outlaw have to evade a bounty hunter after they steal a baby from a furniture salesman. Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona from 1987, my first Coen Brothers movie and one of my all-time favorite chase scenes from any movie. I think I haven't thought about this. I didn't know you were going to hit me with this. Um, I think you might have introduced me to this movie around college. That could very well be. I, I, I had I the VHS tape that I wore out. It, 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 after a certain point, it did that thing where like the top inch of the screen was like slanted white because the tape was so, oh. so many times. <laughs> but i think i do you do you have it on did you get my dvd that i that i purchased for you i did yes thank okay, you very finally. much it was a, a gift i got a while ago from mikey it was a lovely i gift. had to i had to channel that to you through through your brother but it's much appreciated and i made sure to check it is available on amazon prime right now so you have the nice. ability to watch it but we'll, we'll discuss Raising Arizona when we get to it next week. But uh, that's it for this week. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at formative underscore films and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, we're most likely there for new episodes each Wednesday. And if you like the show, please give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. And tune in for next week's episode, Raising Arizona. And as always... Win in the end. I have to win in the end. Boof. <laughs> <laughs>